Hello, Feel Good, Friday, February 12th, going into an incredible weekend of the offseason that has a football game we learned today, McNeese State and Tarleton State. Can't wait. Can't wait. Have some good conversation for you today. I think you're going to enjoy the hell out of it. If you do, be a friend, tell a friend. If not, just act like this never happened. Ty, let's get into this thing, shall we? Sounds good. This morning while I was sitting in my shower, standing, then sitting, then standing again, as I was washing my face off with cold water because Pharrell said that's what he did and his skin has looked like it is not aged in the last 25 to 30 years. As the cold water hit my face, I thought to myself, you know what? As I scrolled through my phone this morning earlier today, there was no bullshit drama. There was no stupid rumors kicking up. There was really no new situations in the NFL that we were going to be able to speak about for three hours, four hours, whatever it may be on YouTube and Sirius. And I was kind of bummed about it. I was like, hey, you know what? Got to go do a rumor recap then for the week. That's what we're going to do, a weekly rumor recap. Because it feels like Feel Good Friday might not be able to have the juice that Monday through Thursday had. And little did we know that our hero, our savior... Our off-season savior, Jack Easterby, would come through mm-hmm. yet again. Hey, man. Thank you, Jack. Thank you, Jack Easterby. Hey, one fish, two fish, red fish, blue fish. We should have knew fish that Jack Easterby was going to do shit, okay? <laughs> J.J. Watt, gone from the Texans as of this morning. J.J. Watt is now a free agent. He is going to be on the move. Now, whatever Ian Rappaport tweeted out that he had heard from sources that the Texans and J.J. What? We're going to separate. The immediate response is, well, where the hell is J.J. going to go? We've kind of known this now. For like a month, maybe two months we've been talking about this. I'm not exactly sure. Because if you look at the way the contract is set up for J.J. Watt with the Houston Texans, he was owed $17 million next season, okay? $17 million is a lot of money, all right? And now J.J. Watt is three-time defensive player of the year, an absolute stud and all that. But $17 million, new GM, new head coach, new Jesus man running things down there with Cal McNair and Jack Easterby. The $17 million, if he got cut or released or anything like that. They didn't owe any money to anybody. So that felt like if you looked at the cap and looked at the contract and looked at the setup, even though J.J. Watt is a hell of a player, that looked to be pretty obvious that J.J. Watt was going to be gone, especially after J.J. Watt went out and said, I ain't here for a rebuild. And then his apology to Deshaun. Then you look at the contract. It's like, this is inevitable. We did not know it was going to happen today. We are thankful it did because there's really nothing else to talk about. So now you have to think to yourself, is he going to go to – Tampa? Why? Why? Pittsburgh? Why? Green Bay? Why? Chicago, because his wife plays professional soccer there? Oh, yeah. What about Indianapolis? Why? All those things could be in play, just like every other potential massive free agent could be on the move. Add J.J. Watt in there, a man who has 101 sacks in his 10-year season or 10-year career thus far. Six touchdowns on the offensive side of the ball and on defense whenever he's probably scooping and scoring things. Eight-time Pro Bowler, five-time or eight-time All-Pro, five-time Pro Bowler, 282 QB hits, 531 tackles, three Defensive Player of the Year awards. How are you doing? Keep it moving. J.J. probably going to end up in Tampa Bay, okay? Now, T.J. Watt 
has already put out an incredible tweet with The Rock whenever he used to tell people to bring it. Him just doing that to JJ's announcement, which, by the way, JJ spoke on the situation. He said he actually reached out to the Texans and had this conversation. Cal McNair has been echoing basically the same sentiments. This has kind of been brewing for the last couple weeks. It finally came to a head today. JJ was looking to potentially tell the people of Houston what they meant to him and what he thought about the city of Houston and his time there and why he wanted the fuck out of town. <laughs> I wanted to do this on video uh, as opposed to putting out a statement or doing a press conference or anything like that because I want you guys to hear it directly from me. I want to speak directly to you and the city of Houston um, so you can hear the words straight from my mouth. Um, I have sat down with the McNair family and I have asked them for my release and we have mutually agreed to part ways at this time. Uh, I came here 10 years ago as a kid from Wisconsin who'd never really been to Texas before. Never really. And now I can't imagine my life without Texas in it. Um, (laughs) The way that you guys have treated me, besides draft night, I mean, you guys booed me on draft night. But uh, (laughs) every day after that, you treated me like family. And I truly feel like you're my family. Um, Since that day, I have tried to do everything in my power to work and earn your respect and try and make you proud on and off the field. Offense, defense. Um, You guys have given me everything and more, and I can only hope that you feel like I've given you everything I have. Um, The city of Houston has been unbelievable to me. It's where I met my wife. Um, It's where I've met lifelong friends and my teammates. Um, I've had incredible coaches and training staff and equipment staff and cafeteria workers and the weight room staff and uh, the front office people and people on the streets, people in restaurants and grocery stores and showing up at my house. Um, The connection is special and I will never, ever take that for granted because I know how rare it is. Um, (laughs) I'm excited and looking forward to a new opportunity. And I've been working extremely hard. Um, That's a real thing. He's but at the same time, it, yeah, is, right? it is always tough to move on. And uh, I just want you guys to know that I love you. I appreciate you. I appreciate the McNair family for giving me, uh, drafting me and giving me my first opportunity in the NFL. Thank you, Houston. I Thank love you. you. Love you. Wow. Thank, Thank you, JJ. JJ. Thank you. That's what Houston would say back if you're good, but. <laughs> We don't have a video of them saying that. And in J.J. Watt in Houston, they really were tied at the hip hand in hand. It was very interesting because we got a chance to play down. I got a chance to play down there as J.J. was becoming, you know, from his rookie year literally to becoming the face of Houston there for a long, long time all the way up until today. Every single page on the program had J.J. Watt on it. All right? So there's car dealerships sponsored by J.J. Watt. If they had a dry cleaner that was an official sponsor of the Houston Texans, the spokesperson for that dry cleaner down there in Houston was J.J. What? What? If it was maybe any type of business, literally, that wanted to give a little bit of money to the Houston Texans and make their way into the game day program that everybody gets in the NFL at your locker. And it's a, a lot of people, by the way, I think, I think Peyton Manning said one of his only pregame rituals is he liked to go through the pregame, uh, uh, the program from beginning to end. I'm not sure if that was him, if he said that or not. Uh, somebody, but a lot of us, like as soon as you get to the stadium, you're there a bit early. You may or maybe waiting to do something with your ankle tape. You're just kind of you go through the the program. 
And that was one of the ones where I was so incredibly impressed with how much money this dude was raking in in Houston. He was on every single page. I mean, it was unbelievable. Pretty thick program, too. And and by the way, I'm over-exaggerating a little bit, but he was on maybe every other page down there. His own ice cream. Then whatever, everything down there in Houston. Then he would go out, he would make a play on the field, okay? Turn down for Watt would come on, and that was for J.J. Watt. That was not for Lil John or anything like that. That was for turn down, and the the screen would have Watt, W-A-T-T or whatever. The whole place would go crazy. He'd come on the field on the offensive side of the ball. Oh my God, here we go, place going crazy. He's like, he was like Cam Newton. The the only other person I've seen now, granted, Peyton would go like this in Indianapolis, and babies would stop crying in hospitals but and he would go like this and it would go crazy obviously but cam newton and jj watt had this command of the the crowd whenever they were i got to see it with cam newton of carolina on a monday night football game it was outrageous raining and he was just like they did the superman thing and then the immediate next play he dove into the end zone and there was a three-minute celebration while everybody's going crazy and it was just awesome see jj was the same Fucking thing. And it always felt like he was around the ball. So it felt like that entire stadium was ready to pop off at all times because there was a chance J.J. was either going to get a sack, a scoop and score, a swat, a interception, or he's going to come in an offense and run. It was just J.J. was the Houston Texans. It was the entire city down there loved him. And they had some great runs, playoff runs, a lot of big-time wins. Now, J.J., who has once raised, what, 40-some million dollars? Uh-huh. How, was it 40, 37 million dollars for the city of Houston whenever a flood hits? Now, for whatever reason, at this stage of his career, I ain't in it for the rebuild. Even though they have a quarterback who's one of the greatest quarterbacks in the game, at, at quarterback still, allegedly, mm-hmm. J.J. and the Houston Texans go separate ways. Now, 17 million, they would have had to ask him to restructure his contract. I assume wherever he goes next, the money will probably be about a third of that. If I had to make an assumption here, he doesn't have a Super Bowl. He has made a lot of money. Like I said, program every other page. I mean, he is, he has his own shoes. He's done very mm-hmm. well business-wise, smart-wise, because of the success he's had on the football field. Look for him to go ring chasing. I, I mean, it's very obvious at this point that he would fit in very well down in Tampa Bay. Uh, Shaq Barrett said it's about time for me to break the bank. I think he's made $25 million in his career. 16 of that came last year. So Shaq Barrett, who had a mon- monster year for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers after winning the Super Bowl. He was potentially a plus 5,000 good bet for NFL or for Super Bowl MVP because of the damage he could go off the edge. If you add J.J. Watt into that defensive line, if they lose Shaq Barrett, I don't know what Indomitian Sue's deal is. I don't know what Vita Vea's deal is. I don't know what Pierre Paul's deal is. I don't know what that entire defensive line, defensive front that kind of you know, dominated that game for them in the Super Bowl against Patrick Mahomes when he didn't have a great... You had J.J. Watt into that rotation. I mean, now you're talking about, um, you know, like a... a, a it's like a country club of football players down there, yeah, you know? Yeah. You got guys who are like, if J.J., three-time defense player of the year, goes down there. Remember, Dominican Sue at one point was maybe one of the most dominant players in football. Yeah. He's down there. All of these older guys who maybe have already collected all their money, and now it's time, like, hey, it seems like you guys are doing it right down there, huh? Yeah, come on. Wait. Tom said he didn't want to practice on Wednesday, never done it in his entire life. Bruce said, I don't give a fuck. Hey, <laughs> get, if you play the games and play well, we do not care. You do what you got to do. We're already pretty established down here. We've already won a Super Bowl. I don't know why people aren't thinking Tampa is the immediate response because a lot of people say Pittsburgh. They need a guy, Bud Dupree, potential free agent. He was a 
absolute terror for that Pittsburgh Steelers defensive line. Once they had a couple injuries, things changed as the season went on. Been T.J. Watts over there. Derek Watt was over there. I don't think he's there anymore. Is that going to be something? No, Derek Watt's still on the roster. Mm-hmm. I was about to say, what if they cut him? They're like, hey, you're back, by the way. <laughs> come on, come on, come on, come on. Like that tag show, like that ultimate tag show. You're all three, you're all three playing. Same. But imagine TJ and JJ coming out of the tunnel, last two introduced. Obviously, TJ would get the left. <sighs> wow. Oh, we get the last billing coming out there. Uh, Pitts, 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 be the Watts. Well, Dig says TJ because TJ has. Pittsburgh is TJ City. Yeah. Okay, you had Houston. Welcome to my city. You are now <laughs> mm-hmm. going out before me here. They'll they'll clap or whatever, but wait till you hear what these motherfuckers do when I come out. The Watts obviously thinking Pittsburgh's a potential. I think that's the odds-on favorite right now mm. uh, because of the other Watt connections. And that team was a great 11-0 this year. They now unraveled at the end. Who knows if that team will ever be able to win a Super Bowl with the way the offense is constructed with Ben Roethlisberger not being able to run and all that bullshit. Plus, Pouncey is official retired alongside his brother today so they're gonna have to really build some other things out who knows if pittsburgh then people were talking maybe green bay because Mm -hmm. jj is from wisconsin he actually did his retirement statement there to the people of Houston in a Wisconsin hoodie in a log cabin in Wisconsin. So everybody's saying the Green Bay Packers right around the corner. I'd assume he has a lot of Packers stuff in his closet. I think he said that at the University of Wisconsin uh, graduation speech he gave mm-hmm. where he had Green Bay Packers and Wisconsin red stuff in his closet his entire life or whatever. Maybe he goes back to Green Bay. Hey, they need pressure on a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Is J.J. Watt going to be a savior to his home state of Wisconsin and help lead the Green Bay Packers back to the Super Bowl? Something that they've been so close to for so long. Maybe a little defensive pressure will put him over the hump. Maybe he goes there. Maybe he goes to Chicago. Bear down. Bear down. Because his, his wife plays soccer there. There are so many opportunities and storylines. And right now, J.J., for the first time, really, just like Tom, has a chance to sit back and figure out which place is the best place for him to go get a ring. Look for him to make like five, six million, maybe some incentives on top of that, and go ring hunting. At Tone Diggs, Pittsburgh is a real conversation right now. Yeah, I mean, I would say, and people are saying, if he doesn't go to Pittsburgh on a very team-friendly contract, that he hates his brothers and he hates his family. Whoa. <laughs> you don't want people to say that about you. I mean, he says he's a family guy and he loves his family, so prove it, JJ. Well, he did just hand them a host of a primetime game show. True. Good oh, show. Great show. Network TV. Network television. I mean, great show. They were great at it, by the way. It is a very good show. And it, it's funny that you're coming out so positively about that show. Incredible show. On this show, Incredible Diggs. human being. So right now you think everybody's just trying to recruit JJ? You think like people in Green Bay are sending, you know, uh, like care packages, care packages oh, to the cow. log cabin? He doesn't and, go there. He hates his hometown. Well, there's there's a lot of negatives, obviously, for this entire thing. He hates his family. Yeah. Hates his home state. <laughs> mm-hmm. If he goes to Tampa, oh, so easy. So, um, the Kevin Durant thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's going to be there's he's in a great position. Mm-hmm in the eyes of a lot of people, but no matter what decision he makes, people are going to come after him for it. And you have to assume, by the way, that Jack Easterby played a rather large role in this entire thing. Cal McNair said, it's not time for me to talk about the organization, okay? This is about J.J. and honoring J.J. Hate to break it to you, Cal. J.J. wants out of there because, because your organization stinks. So if your organization didn't stink, you and JJ probably restructure this contract. JJ's like, huh, happy to be here, pumped to be here. Can't wait to rebuild a winner here yet again for like the third time in my career here in Houston. But instead, it's, I'd like to get the hell out of here. Okay. Mm-hmm. Sinking ship, burning down, one out of here. You know why? 
You brought Jesus' mouthpiece down here, Jack Easterby. Everything is, all hell has broken loose. Now, Mike Florio put out a tweet this morning that said, it's interesting that J.J. Watt asked for his release. They release him. Deshaun Watson does the same. They don't release him. I mean, situations are definitely situational (laughs) in all of life. But I I would assume the contract, the age, the everything that's happening down there. This is pretty easy decision by both sides. Yeah, injury history. Will he ever be able to stay healthy for an entire season? Probably not. That's why you need to go to a place that has depth at the defensive line so he can just rotate in there, get his while getting wins. Tampa, I mean, people are saying Kansas City as well. Oh, yeah. Connor, I know you said, why not New England, huh? Yeah. yeah, well, I mean, hey, look, there's only one way to you know prove if he is tough enough for Bill Belichick, <laughs> and that's to go up there. I mean, answer the bell. People are wondering, is J.J. Watt? tough there's only one way to find out pat nobody's wondering that okay uh (laughs) nobody's wondering that with jj there's a a great Uh picture by the way of his entire face covered with blood from him breaking his his nose Uh and i'd assume that that was potentially from you know him hitting somebody in the the face mask hitting him in the nose and busting it or i've seen him hop up on the bench before and do like a celebration with those people i think he did the nay nay for a little bit i think he was doing like one of these where he did something against us i think he also took the one of his things was he took the helmet and just bashed it off his head and i think one time he just broke his nose and then he would immediately go from that cte straight into the game people say he's tough enough he's not worried about being tough enough for bill fucking belichick well we just haven't seen that a long time you know some people think maybe he lost his edge but the texans you know they just hired a new character coach so maybe easterby's getting his guys in there and they might turn that whole thing around it is interesting that it seems like with all signs pointing to don't do what you're doing right now anymore cal mcnair has turned it up a notch yeah cal mcnair said we had one jack easterby in here and things have gone so well you know what we know well you know what we need we need a fucking another one. Mm-hmm. Got this guy named Dylan, I guess, who yeah. he gives credit to Jack Easterby for creating the position that he currently has, <laughs> yeah, I guess. Correct. I got to give a lot of credit for Jack Easterby for birthing this position in my life and then creating that position in the Houston Texans organization. What's his name? Do we have the guy's name? We don't have it. He gets it. Dylan Thompson. Dylan Thompson. This is an interesting thing because he gets announced as new director of morals or, or morale or something. I, I forget I, I forget the exact title. It's some bullshit title, okay? They created it. There seems to be happening a lot in the world that we live in, by the way. Bullshit title here. Bullshit title here. We don't want to let people know that you ain't really doing shit, but we'll give you a, a bullshit title here to make you feel good about <laughs> yourself. And then... As I was announced, oh, it took the internet was like four minutes or something like, I think maybe three minutes. And be like, oh, looky, looky. This guy just so happens to be best friends with Easterby and that whole thing. It seems like Cal McNair has made his decision, okay? And these billionaires, they get tasked with making tough decisions. That's why they're billionaires, okay? Mm-hmm. That does have. Cal McNair has to look in the face of adversity and in the face of a storm and in the face of reason. And he has to say, bullshit. I'm going in deeper here. Jack Easterby, bring a little mini-me Jack Easterby named Dylan in here. Get J.J. Watt out of here with his church he's been pre- uh, preaching down here. We've been living in the the Watt church basically here. Get Watt out of here, okay? <laughs> we'll hold Deshaun Watson hostage until he learns to buy in to this new method of doing things, and they might win, Ty. They might win. Or, or, or. Are they the new Jaguars? That's what people are wondering at this point. Well, I mean, from what it seems, you know, the the Texans front office, it's like the goddamn Branch Davidians. I mean, (laughs) Easterby gets in there and he's like, he's like Koresh. Yeah, exactly. Everyone's just like, hey. 
This guy's the, he's the son of God. He's Jesus's brother. So I, I don't get it. It makes no sense. But uh, I mean, I don't think this is going to end well. If I had to guess, there's women and there's women and children in there, brother. <laughs> Hey, he could run though. He could. could. Jack Easterby can run like uh, Court. what's it? Eric David David Koresh. David Rudolph, run Rudolph, run. By the way, that's a that's the uh, Olympic yep. Park bomber. I, I'll tell you what. There's been a lot. Of, I was thinking immediately about you talking about the Vidian guy. Mm-hmm. Easterby needs to write a manifesto now. Yes. <laughs> like right now, he's hot right now. Okay, he needs to write a manifesto now. Yeah. We need to hear it, Jack. We need to be more. We need more Dylan Thompsons out. We need more NFL franchises just burning down. Cause the devil himself did it. Welcome Easterby. Man, this is a great offseason. I'm happy all this shit's happening. JJ's on the market now. Yeah, let's go. What if he just retires? By the way, (laughs) he's like, yeah, fuck it. I'm actually gonna go do movies. Lucrative acting career like Gronk. Now come back a couple years, maybe. That one I might actually believe. The team that is not being talked about to add J.J. What? I mean, sure sounds like they're rolling something. In the hall. They're so, what are they? No, that sounds, sounds like something big. Uh, well, we literally, it sounded like that a, J.J. Watt coming it, in it sounded like It sounded like a chopper was about to land on top of our, our ceiling yeah. here. We apologize for that. <laughs> uh, joining us now is a member of the Miami Dolphins band. He's a two-time Super Bowl champ, uh, part of the Patriots All-Decade team, and also – People forget the 2012 Poinsetta Bowl defensive MVP. Whoa, okay. Yeah, that's right. Ladies and gentlemen, joining us now, I believe with pretty bad phone service, Kyle Van Noy. <laughs> What's up, fellas? <laughs> uh, what Bentley is that? What Bentley do we have and how long have you had it? Is that something as soon as you get to Miami, you just have to buy one or you've had this for a while? Of course, you know, I get to Miami, you got to feel it, baby. <laughs> <laughs> is that a soft top? You take that thing down? Oh, yeah, we can take it down for you. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> little flex, little flex, you know, little flex for my guy, Pat. Oh. Wow. With a rag top <laughs> down so your hair can blow, rolling around your Bentley in Miami. What a life. Hey, look at you. You made it, by the way. Yeah. Hey, 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 no way. There ain't no way in 2012 when you're playing in that damn Poinsettia Bowl and you get the defensive MVP, you thought to yourself, you know what? Just eight, nine years from now, I'm going to be rolling around in a Bentley with the top down two-time Super Bowl champ living my best. Good for you. Yeah. Yeah. Good for you, Kyle. Hey, I will I will say one thing, Pat. You know, in my family, we're big about speaking things into existence. So I ain't going to lie to you. I told my mom a long time ago, I'm going to be rich and I'm going to drive a Bentley. <laughs> I'm rich and I'm driving a Bentley. <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, we could get into the whole manifesting things because whenever you say things into the universe, it's much more likely to happen uh, because you're putting pressure on yourself to also go and make yourself not be a liar. So congrats on that. Let's talk about the news of the day. You've obviously seen this. J.J. Watt is now a free agent. You obviously became a free agent after having a lot of success in New England, got paid at Miami. What was the free agency process like whenever teams are trying to court you? For instance, when teams are going to be trying to court J.J., what's the conversation revolving around, do you think? I think a lot of it's going to be we're one piece away um, from being successful, especially for him. I'm sure he's, he's definitely later in his career than I am. Uh, he wants to win a ring, so I, I think he's going to want to go to a place where 
Uh, they're going to have him be plugged in right away and try to win a Super Bowl. And I think a lot of teams would love J.J. Watt. He's a really good player. Uh, I still think he has some juice left. And, you know, I also think, like many uh, other fans, that he wants to go play with his brother. So I think that would be a dope experience. That would be pretty cool. In Pittsburgh, too, they would have – the Watt family would be like the Kardashians forever. If they, if they won in <laughs> Pittsburgh, it would be like, oh, he got the Watts. Come on, Don, you eat for free on us, pal. Now, we can't afford that, but you fucking do whatever you got to do. You want us a Super Bowl. Down there in Miami, you guys have better odds. Now, granted – Sports books know much more than I do about football, but not you. Um, you guys have better odds than a lot of teams in the AFC next year. Now, I don't think anybody knows, and I'm not going to ask you if two is going to be your quarterback because that is not Kyle Van Noy's decision, but I don't think anybody knows what the future holds for Miami, but you guys have a hell of a team, a hell of a team down there. What do you think it's going to take to kind of get to that next step? You know, I, it's such a – I wish we could talk all day, but the easy thing is and the simple thing is just to get better. Uh, I know it's dumb and cliche to say, but we went 10 and six and we had a good year, I guess, but not really. I mean, we didn't make, we didn't have a good year of my standards just because we didn't make the playoffs or get to the last game. Like everybody's hopes and dreams are. Uh, we have a good foundation, very happy to be a part of it. Uh, we want to get better, though. I think a lot of the guys realize watching the playoffs, they want to be in it next year. I think you're going to see a hungry team. And how we ended the season losing of the Bills the way we did was embarrassing. And I hope it stings for everybody in the organization that we got to take it up a notch. I know I do. I know a lot of other players do. And I think that's what you're going to see this year. You're going to see a, a sense of urgency. And I hope anybody that comes down here brings that same urgency because we're trying to get after it. Well, that's a beautiful thing. And I'm sure your fan base is pumped to hear that. And we obviously have a big fan of Gumpy who's going to have a question for you in a second. But after you're saying a lot of the guys watching playoffs and saying, hey, we want to be a part of that. I was watching that Super Bowl boat parade, man. And I was like, hey, that looks like a great time. <laughs> Miami is a city that can also do that. I mean, you obviously have won a couple alongside Tom and alongside, you know, Gronk and everybody that's there. You watch that Super Bowl boat parade. I assume for you, especially somebody that's been there, done that, that is incredibly motivating, inspiring, and like, hey, let's get back to this thing. Hell yeah. I mean, I, I, I mean, I love Robbie G and I love Tom, but I did get a little jealous <laughs> in, uh, seeing them get after it without me. <laughs> but uh, honestly, uh, you know, Miami, what a – I'm going to say it's going to be a fiesta if that happens. It would be it would be amazing down here. And uh, just seeing it is just an added motivation. I know that's probably the feel for a lot of guys in the league. And, you know, it's going to be a fun. This year is going to be crazy. I think you're going to see a bunch of trades. You know, there's a bunch of stuff with the cap. I mean, everybody's, everybody's going to be up. You know, I don't think there's not going to be one person that isn't going to be looked at to be traded just because of how the cap situation is and that's just the way it is and it's going to be interesting off season and i'm excited to start a new season and say best of luck to everybody kyle it feels like in the nfl more so than in the past teams are going all in you know it's like hey here we go now granted patriots teams back in the day randy comes in there's a lot of great players but right now you look at that chiefs offense you look at the, the depth of the team that they have it's massive tampa bay 
massive. You can kind of see the teams that are going all in and making a play. The Dolphins are a team that is being speculated as like, hey, going to go make a play to see what we got there. How, how do you feel being in the league, and you have been for some time now, seeing the way it's kind of, I don't want to say there's, it seems like there's only going to be a certain amount of teams that are really trying to get there or not, but it does feel like there's only a certain amount of teams that are really trying to go in and win it as opposed to be successful organizations like go and win a Super Bowl. How does it feel to know that your team feels like, and by the way, you haven't been around Miami a long time, feels like for the first time in a long time, like, hey, Miami is in the conversation, like we're trying to go and get it. Yeah, that's an interesting topic you bring up i think you're seeing it with the nba and i think it's trickling down in the nfl and i don't necessarily fans want to hear that but i I believe it's starting to be true you're going to see i believe more top players probably ask for trades um because they have a little more voice and a little more power in their how their contracts are so i i think that's going to be something that goes moving forward kind of like the nba where you have harden durant i'm not i'm just saying in general i'm because they haven't won a championship i'm just saying that kind of star power you could see that starting to happen in the nfl a little bit and uh obviously you have places where they don't want to tank where you have maybe owners or fans that do and you know miami was one everybody was like tank for Tua, blah 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 but Flo, you know, he's not about that. You know, they weren't about that. They showed they went 5-11 with a rebuilding season. And the following year, we go 10-6. and six. So you start to see the momentum here in Miami. But it's going to be interesting how that plays out. And I think more teams are going to start doing it. Well, we've been saying from the beginning, though, that if you're trying to tank, the only person you can't put a quarterback is Oh, 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 space, space magic. magic. <laughs> you know. That was one of the greatest clips we've had of the season. I appreciate you leading us into that earlier when you were coming out of a massage or whatever after Fitz Magic did some magic. Man, that guy's the man. He's a good dude. He came on. I don't know if you saw it. He had a bowling shirt on. His <laughs> hair was just straight back. The beard looked absolutely unbelievable. And he was talking about how this past season, like, re-inspired him. Because I think what happens, and you see this with, like, I think it's happening with LeBron uh, over the last couple seasons. Uh, Tom, obviously, there's older, you start to, like, appreciate that you have another year. You know, like, you, I think early, you just, like, expect your body to be able to keep up with it. Then you, you have success and you continue to go. You're like, okay, I'm going to start taking it a little bit more serious because your body forces you to. But then as you get older, you're like, I appreciate the fact that my body is in the best shape that it's ever been. You know what I mean? Like, it feels like it gets going. LeBron is in the best shape he's ever been. Dude never sits out or anything. Tom, it feels like he's in the best. These older guys, they kind of get going. Fitz Magic at 37 or whatever the hell, or however old he is, I don't, I don't know his exact age. He's like, oh, I feel like I want to get back into this. He said he's in like the best shape he's been in and everything mentally, physically. It's like those older I, guys. I'll say I'm, more of the mental part, but I got you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, quarterbacks don't have to be at this point. You know what I, I mean? I can make, I can make fun of Fitz because. You know, me and him are close close now, so we, we've crossed that line where we can make fun of each other. But That's, I would say it's more mental. How old are you? How old are you? I turn 30 next month. Hey, happy birthday, man. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Way to go, dude. 30 years, huh? Wow. Yeah. yeah. Look at this guy. Bentley's. Still right? young. I'm still young. Still still going, though. We got a lot of game left. Have you had to tra- uh, change anything here 
in the way you treat your body and anything like that, or is it the yeah. same? Yeah. A lot. I would say a lot of it has been just investing more in myself, investing more in nutrition, investing more in taking care of myself from having a massage all the time to having uh, a hyperbaric chamber to different things of that nature to continue to feel spry. You got to keep up with these young boys. They're they're fast as hell nowadays. you know, I'm I'm tired of be being called slow. That's for sure. But you know, I feel like I'm I'm gonna show a little little speed this year. Oh, <laughs> as you turn thirty, decide. You know what? Gonna add something to my game. Not a new move. Actually, I'm bringing speed out. Yeah. I'm yep. bringing the speed yep. rush out. Let's go. Yeah. Hey, hey, um, you obviously were teammates with Tom for a while, long time. You know Tom pretty well, I'd assume. Um, it has been widely reported that he is a shit talker. He is a competitive guy. <laughs> That Tyron Matthews situation, have you have you heard about this? Michael Irvin said he saw it, and there was nothing derogatory in it. Is what Michael Irvin said because they 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 Michael Irvin's the first person you call, by the way. You're like <laughs> I'm sure Michael Irvin got it firsthand. <laughs> All of that. I love Michael Irvin, by the way. But that when yeah. I heard he was the one releasing the information, I'm like, how did Michael Irvin become the guy that they're showing this to? I love I I hope that happens more often. By the way, I hope Michael Irvin becomes the sources and leaks and everything mm-hmm. like that. It'd be better for the game as a whole, but. What do you think was said there? And was, were you surprised to see at 43, Tom, run him down. Okay, yeah. run him down and get in his face, that whole thing. That was awesome. I think every person that's ever played sports or a competitive person was like, love everything about that. Some people were like, obviously, hey, Tom, you know, a little bit more couth or whatever. But what do you think he did say there? And is that how he is all the time? Or is that Super Bowl, you think, just kind of – Notch it up a little bit. No, I think that's how he is majority of the time. I, I don't think – I think Tom kind of lets thing go, lets it go all the time. You know, I, I think everybody has the same boring joke as far as like, oh, you're old, you need to retire, blah, blah, blah. I'm sure, I'm sure Tyron probably said some stuff to ruffle his feathers. I mean, it started early in the game, you could tell, I think – the big point was when Tyron caught the pick and there was a flag and Tyron didn't know there was a flag. I think he was talking big cash to Tom. <laughs> it caught up to him because he scored on him and he let him know. And so me knowing how Tom is, he did it in practice all the time and I loved it. I'll tell you a little quick story. It was 2000 and I believe 18. Yeah, 18. It was OTAs and Gronk. There was reports he got traded, and he came back, him and Tom, in OTAs, and they gave us that business. <laughs> and they were letting everybody know about it, and they were talking big trash to us, and we couldn't say shit back because it was like, hey, you guys beating our ass, you know, letting us know. But So I know how Tyron felt. felt. Like, you got a little upper hand on Tom. You want to let him know, but – he eventually got the last laugh like he always does. And, so yeah. I, I love the fact, though, that Tom will just sit there and take it, and then he's, like, writing down names. Like, okay, as this turns around, there will yeah. be receipts. There <laughs> yeah. will be receipts in this thing. Yeah. It, it gives me chills thinking about it because it, it reminds me of Michael Jordan in his documentary where it's like when he has the baseball bat and a cigar right before the game. He's like, you can tell a lot about a man when – 
you know, they could talk shit when it's zero zero or they're down. But any man could talk shit when they're ahead or something like that. Ooh, I love that shit. (laughs) I'm a big fan of it as well. And I I think the accountability thing that Jordan talked about, I believe Tom Brady adds uh, an expectation he adds to the building as well. And I think those comparisons are going to go on forever. All I mean, Serena, what she was, Tiger, what he was able to do. Whenever you talk about Jordan, Tom, when you talk about those high, high expectations, a lot of accountability on other people. And I think Jordan's quote about how people say I'm an asshole or whatever. And he responded with, you said you've never won anything. So, like, like I think that's a real thing because Tom talking shit or being that intense or doing whatever, the people were like, oh, that's not good. It's like, well, I would like to see your record in competitive events if you don't have that. Like, I think everybody that is really high end has to have that switch that they flip yeah. that. They just take. I also, I also, too, think everybody, you can't pick and you can't pick and choose when someone talks trash either. Like that person can't talk trash. Well, I mean, you can, but you know, the elite of the elite athletes, you know, like you have this situation where, you know, Odell, where he's pissed off, you know, you can't get mad at him because he wants to win and let it slide with Tom. If that makes sense, you can't, yeah. I, I, I get it as far as like the Super Bowl winnings and whatnot, but they're both supreme athletes at what they do. You know, you got to throw LeBron in there, too. I mean, he's had expectations since he was 16 years old, and he's passed those, and nobody's done that before. So I would put him in that Mount Rushmore. Um, You know, I I just think you got to have a level – I don't know. It's hard to explain. Like, everybody has their opinion to talk shit, but not everybody can, if that makes sense. Yeah, it was a shame whenever I started kicking footballs because – you know, I uh, I played soccer and I was I was a rather good soccer player and I was big. okay okay I was. okay pat on, pat on the back for Pat I was <laughs> I was I mean it was it was just one of those things not great cardio but it didn't matter okay I was gonna give you bursts and we were gonna have a good time everybody knew what was gonna go on but in soccer you know I enjoyed the quiet shit talk. You know, just the, like, I, I enjoyed the cerebral shit talk. Like, I enjoyed that. You start kicking balls all of a sudden. There, there ain't a single person you could talk trash to. <laughs> it kind of, it, it got taken out of my life. So whenever you say we can't pick and choose who can talk trash, I would argue there has to be some self-awareness whenever you're talking shit. There are some positions that can't do it. Uh, punter is one of them. That's why when Twitter happened, I was very excited because average bums were sending things to me. I'm like, okay, you I can bury, all right? <laughs> you I can bury. Can't say anything to Peyton, all right? Can't say anything to Jeff. Can't say anything Joseph would die or Quinn session anything but you fat slob at your house I can go after you and that, that was like a really you know that was a good time Gumpy um, die hard Dolphins uh, Dolphins fan in the back here Gumpy yeah Kyle the defense added a lot of pieces but you played in Flores defense before how much of a difference do you think it'll be having a second year with him with a bunch of the guys it's gonna be huge Gump um, I think you're gonna be excited I think what people fail to realize we had the most rookies to play in the NFL year this year without an off season. That's too huh. included. And I don't think people realize how important an off season is for a young team like that. And to have an off season, hopefully, which I hope we do uh, this year, just because it'll help the younger guys learn more because they'll have to hear it more They'll have to see it more, and I think they'll be able to react faster. And with that being said, I think you'll see the jumps that 
dump you probably want to see in a couple of players defensively and office offensively that you're going to be like, okay, I can see the pieces even more put together, and I'm going to be a happy fan. That's never been talked about how young your team was. I don't think. That <laughs> yeah. was never really a I, We talked about it a little bit on the show because Fitz is the old-ass man. I'm, <laughs> I'm second oldest, and then everybody else were a bunch of babies. Yeah. But that's, but, a lot, that's a lot of pressure on you. Hey, that's a lot of pressure on you. I mean, I – I'm, I'm ready for it. That's, yeah, you are in a Bentley currently with the top <laughs> down. You know what I mean? You that's, are. What I signed, that's what I signed up for. I, I, am, I embraced that coming down here. I knew that as a challenge. I, I wanted to grow as a leader. I think I wanted to grow as a person. I know I was accepting that challenge. Like, I'm going to put more pressure on me helping more guys out to do their job better. And I think a lot of that's not seen on film. A lot of that's not seen, uh, you know, behind the scenes, but also – um, there was it wasn't just me. It was a team that did it, and you know I was able to help out. Coach Flo did a great job. Boyer did a great job, and collectively as a group, we did it as well as you could. You guys were a fun team to watch this year. Can't wait to see what you do next year. Uh, do you get burnt ever? You do you ever get sunburnt down there? I assume you get a, a little bit darker. Do you get burnt ever? Yeah, I do. That. Uh, uh, all the boys down here says that's my white side. Yeah. <laughs> hey, that's a bad trait to pick up from the whites, by the way. You know, that's a bad one. I, that's my whole – I just – I thought about you doing this conversation. You took the top down, right, which we appreciate you doing, giving that incredible view because it yeah. is mm-hmm. 14 degrees here in Indiana mm-hmm. right now. I, oh, palm oh, trees. Oh, pulled over like a gentleman, by the way, has his seatbelt on because Florida drivers are insane. But all, about five, ten minutes in – the only thing I thought about is if I was doing this, that air conditioner would have to be all the way up the oh. full. I would be just completely drenched in sweat, and I'm excited to see what the fallout is for you. Appreciate you, Kyle. Thank you. I always love coming on the show, man. You guys are killing it like always, and uh, I I really enjoyed your Super Bowl, um, your pre-Super Bowl conversations with Peyton. Thank you. With you know your picture, it was really well done. Hey. Good job. Countdown to kickoff celebration super show. That's what you meant. You meant no, you, yeah, that's what you meant. my bad. Hey, I forgot the, I forgot the name of it. Hey, while you were saying it, I was like, oh, what did we name that fucking thing? It was just four days ago. I had no idea. We appreciate that. Are you still streaming? What are you doing? You you guys yeah, still I stream a little bit. I've been jumping in. I'm actually taking Spanish classes uh four times a week with a with a tutor, comes to the house two hours we knock out spanish uh don't ask me don't put me on the spot right now i'm not ready for that <laughs> we have a couple uh, and then I'm, I'm doing a little i'm doing a little cryptocurrency you know dogecoin to the moon all that good stuff bitcoin i'm all about it hey Let's listen go. doge to the moon for sure okay put that dog on the dark side of the moon if you can get it up there okay let's do it we're all in on the doge Elon goes 1.5 bill into Bitcoin though. Now allegedly was, Apple's about to get in. That feels that like good. that that I'm, one's going to take. I'm raking right now. I'm raking because <laughs> Elon. Appreciate it. Shout out Elon. <laughs> hey, shout out Elon, dude. Shout out Elon. Uh, shout out to you too, ladies and gentlemen, Cal Vinoy. Thank you. He's a good dude, man. Yeah. Learn in Spanish. Great. I will say, I get <laughs> random. Miami. I get random text messages from Kyle Van Noy, and they are always very funny. <laughs> they just drop into my life. It, it, he's, I mean, Kyle Van Noy to look at is funny too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it pops up on my phone. I open it. It's always something. I just laugh. I, 
I respond back with just like, Jesus, or <laughs> yeah. that's ridiculous or whatever it is. And we just move along. He's an awesome dude. I'm yeah. very thankful that he's been coming on this show. Gumpy, he said times are about to look great for you Dolphins fans out there. Very exciting, my friend. Him talking about JJ, you know, with the missing piece getting dropped in there. I think that's, you know, what we're all thinking there. But I wonder how Beeflo, Beeflo he kind of opened up there at the end about how Beeflo sold uh, Miami to him. Like, mm-hmm. hey, you're going to be a veteran. You're going to be a leader. We need this kind of organizational culture shift. However you bring it in there, that's awesome for him. And they were in the conversation allegedly early for Deshaun. So if they're even in that conversation, somebody's trying to drum up some sort of lie. So that means Miami's potentially trying to cook. Now, that also means they're not sold on two. It didn't want to put them on the spot there. Mm -hmm. Could have done that. But uh, not trying to put a dude in a terrible position. Because no matter what he says there, it is wrong. No matter what. He likes Tua, which I assume he does, teammate of his. And then if Tua leaves and goes somewhere else, it'd be like, well – is Kyle Van Noy upset with the organization after saying that he likes to? And then if he doesn't like to and he says it, it's like, eh, is Kyle Van Noy a terrible teammate for Barry? There's like no winning there. So I will say that is something our show does not do is necessarily put people into a lose-lose situation where you are going to look terrible no matter what you say. Now, if JJ comes on today, we will. <laughs> oh, yeah. We will. Yeah. I'm joking. Put his feet to the fire. I'm joking. I'm joking. What's that, Dick? To his real issue – is he didn't play that bad when you compare him to Herbert and Burrow. Now, did you watch the games or just look at the stats too? It's a, it's a two different things. When you watch the games, it's like, okay, he looks like he's making all the good decisions. Correct. Like you see him making all the good decisions. But then I think that's the biggest problem is he hesitates. He never makes a decision. It's yeah. like, okay, all right. We, somehow somebody's got to get it in his brain. Like, yo, you need to let that thing fly a little bit more. And Chan... He's still around, right? No, Chan's out. Oh, yeah, yeah, I forgot. Pat, you what you're saying, though, is more frustrating than making a bad decision. In my, like, when I watched, like, that was my problem with Mason Rudolph, is he would just sit there and not make, yes. a, decision, not make a decision, not make a decision. <laughs> he played so good that game in Arizona, though. It was wild. Yeah, I know. <laughs> what that one cost me? 27000 Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That part of like, cost me twenty seven or 30000 or something. Yeah. 70000 What was it? $82,000. $82,000 I was supposed to hit a parlay, and Tua plays his best fucking football he's ever played in his life. Well, the, the box also got washed by the Saints on the yeah, Sunday night. I would have cashed out to probably 50000 or whatever. Yep. Everybody thinks that $25,000 parlay was good. Ha! It would have been fucking nothing if that one hit. <laughs> Tua has it in there. Will he continue to do that, or will it be the guy who just looks around and then down, and in comes Fitzmagic like Mariano Rivera? I want to let you know that um, Valentine's Day is coming up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And for a lot of guys, that can mean added pressure to perform. Luckily, with Roman, you can relax. Hell oh. yeah. Woo. Whether you're dealing with ED or you're more concerned about lasting longer in a sack, Roman's got you covered. For a limited time, Roman has special offers to make sure you're ready for Valentine's Day. Get up. <laughs> Get up. Get up now. Get up. Get up. It's a $35 off your first month of ED treatment. It's not supposed to be read. Podcast. Oh, no. Oh, boy. That's podcast week. I can clip that. Congrats to that. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, GetRoman.com slash USA. To get started, that's GetRoman.com slash USA to get started. Get up to $35 off your first month of ED treatment. So does ED treatment come at different prices? Like, uh, you're going to need a lot more. Okay, you get $35 off. You have this. Uh, like, how does that work? I'm not 100% yeah. sure. But you can go find out and take care of your problem. Mm. Get up. 
$35 off your first month of ED treatment when you go to GetRoman.com slash USA. Complete your online visit by February 10th for guaranteed delivery by Valentine's Day. For a limited time, get up to $35 off your ED treatment if prescribed. And if you purchase swipes, you'll get a free bottle of lube added to your order. Oh, oh right up in that. Really? Time while, for while supplies last. Shout out to them, man. All right, so for a limited time, you get up to $35 off your first month of ED treatment if prescribed. Okay, so you can't just be self-diagnosing. No, no, no. You can't, you can't be like, hey, what's going on, diner? Yeah. got to see the doc. But anyways, you get prescribed that. That is the place to go. And if you purchase swipes, you get a free bottle of lube added to your order. Woo. Order by February 10th, guaranteed by Valentine's so Day. Nice guys, spice up the Lover's Day. Let's go. Hell yeah. We will talk to a man from the NFL Network, host of Rap Sheet and Friends, a man who literally is one of the drivers of every single sports talk show on earth. We're realizing that. With rumors, potentially moves and sources, this morning he was the first to break that J.J. Watt and the Texans are going their separate ways. Ladies and gentlemen, Ian Rappaport. What's going on, dude? Jackie, hey, did Jack Easterby text you this morning and say that <laughs> we're letting JJ Watt walk? I did not get a text from Jack Easterby this morning. No, uh, I did spend most of my morning trying to track down JJ Watt uh, getting released by the Texans. Although I think originally I thought it was going to be a trade, um, but I kind of do like the fact that um, I do like the fact that they ended up releasing him. I mean, it doesn't. Helped them, honestly. Like, they probably could have got, like, a fifth rounder, a fourth rounder for J.J. Watt, similar to what the Baltimore Ravens gave up for Calais Campbell. You know, those are the kinds of prices for these kind of aging superstars. Um, But I like the fact that they gave him an opportunity to, uh, you know, land a little bit earlier with the team he wants, pick his own spot. Um, You know, kind of sets a nice precedent, and I think he's deserved I think he's earned it. I think he deserves it. How long is this? We've been talking about this as being a pretty obvious move, and I would assume why they couldn't trade him or didn't trade him is because everybody knew they were going to have to cut him. Because if you release him, they save $17 off the cap next year, and he's only got one year left, right? Don't you think that's kind of how everybody would have viewed that? Or were you hearing that there was a potential uh, maybe package coming together for J.J. Watt? And how long has this come together, the release? It's it's been a while. Uh, I know Mike Garofolo and I talked about it a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I was wearing a poison shirt during the uh, the news hit, and um, uh. Ricky Rocket sent me a nice message. As did Brett Michaels. I'm not saying that's you know the reason I did it. I'm just saying this is that's these are the things that happened. Here we go. Look, I've been to a lot of That's what Brett Michael did, right? (laughs) Brett Michael made that video where he was. And by the way, did you ask Brett Michael when he he texted you? Did you say, is the hair connected to the bandana? And do you just have like six different bandana hats you put on each day that just has the perfect hair? I'm excited you got a chance to chat with a hero. I just immediately upon hearing Brett Michael, that's the first thing you think of is him hitting his chest, swinging the thing. I mean, it, it took all of us in public years to realize that Andre Agassi was wearing a hat with a long ponytail hair that was all completely fake. What? Um, what do you mean, what? 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 Andre Agassi has no hair. What? what? Oh, my God. What anyway. about Kane? What about Kane? You're going to tell me that was hair on the back of his mask, too, in WWE? You're going to say that was fake? Uh, that I, I'm not as much of an expert on Kane's hair as I am on Andre Agassi and, uh, my friend Brett's hair. But anyway, um, he, he and I, we DM now. So we're, we're obviously friends. I think he's um, looking for some. Yeah. I think anyways, no. So, um, 
so I would say this is something I've probably known something was going to happen for a couple of weeks. It was really just a matter of what, and you know, they uh-huh. could have traded him. He's worth, he was due 17 and a half million dollars next year. He wasn't going to make that. So to trade him, they would have to find someone who would give a late round pick and do a new contract with him at a place where JJ would go. Um, it's, it's a lot. I mean, it's a lot to handle. So I think they did it the right way by saying, you know what? Instead of trying to trade him and figuring this out, let's just do right by you. You have three weeks now or whatever it is, four weeks before free agency. Go find a team. Wipe the slate the slate clean. Um, that's kind of what this was about. I think they could have got something for him, but I think they, in the end, decided it just was not worth it for a multitude of reasons. I think that would have been tough to make a deal. Uh, now, would have been interesting if it did happen, because I would assume J.J. would have had to agree to it, like you said, with a restructure of his payments. So yes. who knows how that whole thing is going, especially while they're trying to save their entire franchise from burning within, which is what it feels like looking from outside. They just hire one of Jack Easterby's boys to come in and be a director of morale or whatever. Have you talked to Cal McNair or anybody in there with all the franchise or all the conversation happening outside that franchise. Deshaun Watson wants out. We're not trading the player. JJ obviously gets cut. There's exposés coming out every single day. Anybody that's ever been there saying this is everything seems to be going downhill for there. What is their mood inside the building? Are they because I, I know Cal said uh, uh, this isn't the time to talk about our building burning down. This is about JJ and honoring him or whatever, but is there a conversation? Do they even realize what's happening outside of that? Or are they so focused on trying to get Deshaun Watson back in their own business and everything like that? Oh no, they, they know it. They know everything. I think I would, I think it's safe to assume the Texans have read everything that has been written. I talked to Cal McNair this morning about (laughs) JJ, uh, about Deshaun. And he basically said, um, there's a lot of misinformation out there. He did not, uh, elaborate which is too bad but he said there's a lot of misinformation out there uh, he said i expect deshaun watson back we shall see uh, i honestly don't know which way it's going to go i mean the team has not engaged at all at all with anyone calling them i mean some you know people nick casario is known for a while he has not called back he hasn't engaged he hasn't answered the phone all of that um I, as far as easterby goes i mean i think they know public perception wise all the issues. I'm sure they've seen the videos on Twitter. Um, I know they just hired someone who Easterby has obviously been close to. Um, I believe they are trying to tune it out and just focus on what's best for the football team in their eyes. And I've seen this a lot, honestly. I've seen this with the Patriots for years and years where they do crazy things like trading Richard Seymour or Dion Branch and everybody loses their minds. And then somehow it ends up working out because they know what they're doing. I'm very curious to see if the same thing happens with the Texans. Do you have a show on in the background, maybe? Is that from us or from yeah, you? I keep uh, hearing some random human talking. Maybe that's Jack Easterby. Hold on. on. Let me see. Let me see if I got my uh, classic. Ian. I don't think I have anything on. If you what? get Hold us on. a copyright strike, Ian. no videos. <laughs> so help me uh, God. You're going to need Jack Easterby to get you out of the hell. I'm <laughs> no, I got nothing. <laughs> okay. All right. I don't think. Can you hear anything? No. Is, not, am I okay now? Yeah. We'll, we'll just give the siren whenever we think the – we appreciate you, though. Um, Ian Rappaport of NFL Network is joining us now, a man who knows everything about everything going on behind the scenes in the NFL, which is the off season, by the way. So this entire off season, I think, is going to be turned up to 10. It, it, Horrible. It, <laughs> Whoa. Is it? Is it, it? Now that is something to think about because we're doing a show, by the way, and we realize now, now that we're kind of in it and – I'm getting messages from people in the NFL now texting me being like, don't listen to what is being reported. No, no. People are saying, though, people are saying, though, 
that you guys, the insiders, are potentially a piece of a lot of negotiation and leverage that happens inside the NFL. Do you know that? Do you respect that? Do you understand that? And how do you kind of battle through that as the offseason goes? For us to watch you work this season, I would like to, because we're going to use a lot of you, I'd assume, and we appreciate all your hard work. But do you understand that whenever you're releasing something? like Maybe there's a potential narrative trying to be pushed here whenever I'm releasing this information. Good question. I think about this all the time, all the time. And I think one thing that, you know, we all try to get better at our jobs, right? And I think one thing that I've tried to do is when I get a piece of information, you know, sometimes I kind of sniff it out and confirm it against everyone's better wishes and just get to break it. Like that happens a lot. The other thing that happens is I get information because somebody wants it out. That also happens a lot. And trying to figure out why I've received this piece of information, what it means, where it's coming from, how does it affect me, how does it affect the other teams, um, that is serious business. And I think that's something I do focus on a lot. Um, you know, like, for instance, everything that's happened with the Carson Wentz trade, I mean, you see the reporting's kind of been all over the place. Um, and some of it I know where it's coming from, some I don't. Um, so, you know, when I talk to one side, and they say, ah, we're not in a hurry. I don't think anything's going to happen. I talk to another side and they say something could happen soon. I'm like, okay, why is everybody telling me this? Um, <laughs> and I hear from other teams who aren't involved, I hear rumors regarding the teams that are involved. And I spend a lot of my time trying to figure out what's real and what's not because people know that I talk. if I'm talking to them, I'm talking to other people. And you spend a lot of time trying to figure out what's real and what's not. So a lot of the info doesn't get reported. Ian, the sound thing is happening again, but we, we're not going to be able to figure it out during this conversation, okay? It sounds like you and somebody else are talking at the same time. A little bit, It's a little bit muffled. It's quieter. But is that person the person who's on a dry erase board at your house and, and, and saying, okay, we got this information from this person here. Now, if we, we get this information from it, how, how do you try to manage all that? And that's why you said this is about to be horrible because it's like you have no idea Who's coming from where and what could potentially pop off at any moment? I'm closing all windows. Oh, <laughs> there you go. Hey, yeah. Closing there you go. all windows right now. There's going to be no windows open. Mm. And you let me know if this problem continues to exist. Now I got no windows. Anyway. If um, we were assholes, we would turn, yeah. you know, something in the back. <laughs> Maybe uh, um, something. I have a white. I have. I do have a whiteboard right now. Uh, my sons have come in and done math on it. So that's kind of what's happening there. Um, it's just, that's what's going on. But I, I mean, I would say like the reason I forget what like dinner reservations I have or when, whenever people used to go out to dinner or the reason I forget like what I ate for breakfast is I spend most of my time trying to figure out all of this stuff and who's involved and who's not and who has an ax to grind or who would like this information out there and who wouldn't. I mean, that's, you know, a, a lot of times, a lot of times that's how these trades happen is, GMs and coaches, they talk to people like me uh, and there and obviously others um, and try to try to figure this out. And sometimes we are conduits of information, whether we like it or not. Sometimes uh, we are not. People trust us with info and 
you know, I spent a lot of time trying to make sure not to screw it all up, honestly. Okay, what's the big move that's going to happen first, do you think, just from the feel that you have? Because there's, we just did a, a week rumor wrap-up, basically. Russell Wilson, Dak Prescott, Carson Wentz, the Bears. I mean, there's so much. What do you think potentially lands first? And how long should we expect to have to fill days of talking about things mm-hmm. that aren't happening before something big happens, you think? Just for our own personal reasons here. I mean, I gave you J.J. Watt today. I thought that was pretty good. Okay. Hey, yeah. by the way, this morning while I was in the shower, while I was in the shower oh, this whoa. morning, okay, I'm, sh- I'm thinking to myself, this is the first day where there's been no ridiculous rumor that has been started. And I'm like, what are we going to talk about today? This is a little bit tough. Get into the office. Billy Tubes goes, rap sheet just said J.J. Watt's been uh, released from the Texans. I'm like, Thank God that, that it, was, it was a big day for us. But these big moves, these big moves, when should we expect them? Is it normally like a lot of bluffing and then it kind of gets uh, extended? Or how should we view this whole thing, timetable-wise? No, normally, normally it's not like this because normally in February, no one's talking about anything. People are trying to figure out which overpriced veterans to cut, and that's kind of it. I mean, it's it's this is never going – uh, I mean, the Flacco trade happened, I think, the week after the Super Bowl two years ago, and I was really surprised. Um, for some reason, things have ramped up, and I think the fact that the Detroit Lions had that urgency to trade Stafford, make sure they got a good price, make sure they took advantage of the market, it made everybody go crazy. And then when Winston could trade basically before Super Bowl, it's I mean, it's a week from – Around the time when everyone thought he was going to get traded, it seems like everyone has taken a deep breath, taken stock of things, looked at like, all right, what do we really, really want? What do we need? And I'm not sure anything happens anytime soon. I mean, of course, something will happen at the end of this phone call watch, but I'm just saying like, <laughs> yeah, well, from all parties, convenient. everyone says the same thing to me. It's February, man. Like, I don't, I'm not sure when it's going to happen. Nick? Ian, Vance McDonald's gone. Marquise Pouncey retired. They shit can Ben's offensive coordinator. Juju's probably going to be a Jet. Are we still sure Ben Roethlisberger's coming back to play football? I think Ben Roethlisberger is coming back to play football. Um, I know he wants that. I know the team wants that. I also know it is not done yet. And until he inks a new contract and until they figure out his huge salary cap hit, then I'm, it's not it's not done yet. Um, and I. You know, I don't want to spend, I don't want to waste your time by talking about, you know, by just assuming that he is coming back. I think it is the case, but I'm not blind either. I mean, they're very close to really transitioning, right? And it looks like they've kind of become a defensive led team anyway, with so many of the resources going there. What? And then they still have Ben hanging around. I think physically he's fine. It's really just about finding the right price. Uh, and I think the fact that he went on the record and told the athletic that he would basically accept any salary might not have made his agents that happy. Um, oh. So let's see if they can work things out over the next couple of weeks. There's been a lot of agents probably not thrilled about what's being said publicly, especially down there in Tampa. I mean, <laughs> down there in I mean, Tampa right now, it's exactly after the Kansas City Chiefs situation with Stone Cold Chris Jones. He says, I'm going to come back. I want to be back. Then like a week later, two weeks later, somebody was like, ah, okay, <laughs> we do want to be back, but not that much. He ends up signing for a massive deal. I would assume business is going to get handled. The Super Bowl hangover can make a lot of people make a lot of decisions for future them that inevitably potentially gets changed but that Buccaneers team is going to have 
a plethora of talent wanting to get into Tampa over the next few years. I don't think they should be worried about nothing. What do you have, Connor? Yeah, rap sheet. Are the Patriots going to roll the dice with Cam Newton again, or do you expect them to sign somebody in free agency? I would be surprised if Cam Newton was back in New England. Um, I, I think it was a good effort. Um, I didn't think the signing was bad. They didn't. It didn't cost hardly anything. I would not say it worked out. Um, so my sense is they're trying to upgrade. And I would say their efforts are all across, all across the quarterback world, right? I mean, it's from Derek Carr and Marcus Mariota. Carson Wentz probably not. Um, oh. You know, Deshaun Watson is available. If You know, if Russell Wilson is available. I mean, I would say everything the Patriots are trying to do right now is to get better at the quarterback position. They could draft someone, trade up and draft someone. I mean, it's hard to imagine Cam Newton is back. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo obviously would be, if the 49ers are willing to part with him, would be another potential target. Um, hey, they, they turned down Tom. The Patriots need to get better. Hey, the Niners turned down Tom two times now at this point. Uh, what was this? I know, I know they turned him down last year when he thought about going there. Okay. The first time, remember, it was the 49ers trying to trade for him. And Bill was like, no, get out of here. How about Garoppolo? Oh, I thought that was Kraft that did that, not Bill. But I thought that was where the Tommy Foxborough in the whole thing started mm-hmm. potentially. But you know more than me. Listen, I'm just reading and listening to Howard Stern interviews and reading <laughs> articles and Instagram <laughs> posts. Interview. Great interview. Absolutely unbelievable interview. That's that's what Howard does, by the way. That's why he's getting 100. I feel like that could be your, I feel like that could be your thing. Like when Aaron Rodgers has like the, all right, I'm just going to talk for three hours after some crazy, like you will probably get that. Well, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pretty easy gig whenever you talk to people like Aaron, though. But Howard Stern is an artist in those things. That's why $125 million at the age of whatever it is right now, mm-hmm. a year he's making. Yeah, those Rodgers things were really good, though. I actually, I, I would say like, I'm not a huge listener of the show, except when I'm on it. Um, People say that's the worst. Fantastic this season. It's interesting though because you get a chance to kind of see the worst part of our show, you know. And then (laughs) you know, (laughs) yeah, yeah, yeah. It's coming right back. Go ahead, Ian. Where do you see a guy like Sam Darnold winding up? It seems like one day they're talking about he's going to be the Jets, you know, franchise quarterback, and then the next day you see all these teams allegedly offered picks for him. Where do you see uh, him ending up? Yeah, I mean, I. I think they're still evaluating. Basically, what they're doing is they're looking at, all right, we have Sam Darnold. We know what he is. What is... What is he? What is he? Okay. See, that's a better question. I have no idea. He's been <laughs> I, for three years. Adam Gase, though. You know? Yeah, but he, but he also played well. I mean, he's been injured. He had mono. He oh, was out God, for like a you. month with the shoulder, which was a long time. Yeah. He's been a starter for three years, and I honestly have no earthly idea what he is. Me, so, neither do we, I don't think. I mean, and so when, when I say they know what he is, what I mean is they have no idea what he is. But, but what they're trying to do is go ahead. they're trying to figure out, like, does his upside match with someone they could draft? My guess is my guess is they end up trading him because you can't pass up a quarterback who would be the second-best quarterback, and they'll probably be able to get a late one or an early two for him. And I think he's going to be a hot commodity on the trade market if that does happen. Who's going to be the Colts quarterback, dude? Just any uh, Derek Carr potentially. Um, potentially. Um, I, I I would probably expect them to have interest. Marcus Mariota, some interest. 
I have not uh, heard Marcus's name, by the way. I've not heard Marcus's name until you just started talking about it there a little bit ago. Is he, is he also being floated right now? What? Yeah. So Gruden wants new quarterback. Who's Gruden going after? It's just the, the, the reason all this is happening with Marcus Mariota is they, this is like dumb, but they signed Nathan Peterman to a deal where they guaranteed a million dollars. And everybody was like, wait a minute. Why are you guaranteeing a million dollars to your third stringer? Oh, wait, maybe he's not going to be your third stringer. So I think teams started calling about Marcus Mariota, who's, you know, going to make um, $10 million next year, which is a lot of money for a backup. And when your, you know, starters making more than 20, that's a real lot of money. He showed enough at the end of the year where I think he could be a starter for someone. I wouldn't be surprised if he's traded somewhere. Uh, okay. Um, we appreciate you, Ian. Every time. Hold on. Hold on. Did I fix the issue with the talking? Yeah, what was it? No, I don't know. I closed all my windows. Yeah, no, okay. no, yeah, but it happened yeah. afterwards. Yeah, you, you, what happened was you closed all your windows. Then while we were talking, slowly turn you, the TV you off. realize, yeah, that there was something in the back. You were like, excuse me, let me turn that down a little bit. I th- we think that's what happened. We, By the way, while you were giving an answer, we were having our own counsel about how you handled that. Mm-hmm. And we came to the decision that you realized something was on in the back and you turned it off. Oh, my God. That is complete fabrication no 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 that's not what we do that's not what we do we had a we had dry race board yeah Yeah. we had dry race board Mm -hmm. we did a whole thing on it we did we figured it out ian what do you do you won't sleep all weekend your life is just 24 7 now potential news break at any given moment uh i'm going snowboarding in a week in like three days so let's hope that if a trade happens i get a call on the lift (laughs) that was a plus ten thousand bet (laughs) that you were a snowboarder over a skier. I just want to let you know that. I, I think that was potentially oh, yeah. maybe, maybe even twenty, maybe plus 20,000. Ian Rappaport, snowboarder over skier, <laughs> would not have ever guessed that. How wow. long have you been shredding powder, dude? Yeah. Uh, four years. I am not very good. Um, I don't even have any cool designs on my board, but I try very hard not to. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, good luck out there. Keep the ass safe. We appreciate you. We're going to need you in the next couple months. So go get mentally fresh out there on uh, on the slopes, and we appreciate you, man. All right. I appreciate you guys. Take care. Hey, thanks for turning that sound off, too, in the middle of the year. We appreciate <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for that. You Ladies and gentlemen, you're out J.J. Watt and the Houston Texans have agreed to part ways, saving the Houston Texans $17 million off their cap next year, where the cap is either expected to plateau or go up just a little bit. Not as big as it was expected whenever contracts were being created in the past because Uncle COVID came through and said no ticket sales, no beer sales, no nacho sales, no fry sales, no no sales, no Mm -hmm. merch sales on game day. None of that. So cutting him saves them $17 million. Let's J.J. Watt hit the open market for the first time in a long time where will jj go will jj go to pittsburgh uh-huh. will he go to green bay uh-huh. will he go to la with the los angeles rams alongside aaron donald matthew stafford jalen ramsey and the boys uh-huh. how about indianapolis here in indy we got a team that's ready to go who's going to play quarterback nobody knows allegedly ron josh jaworski says that the colts have made an offer for carson wentz in philadelphia a couple second rounders and maybe a future third or fourth no first rounders being offered yet for carson wentz from indy or anywhere else that's why carson wentz hasn't been traded yet is indy gonna have carson wentz and 
JJ, what? Uh -huh. Would he be able to go within a division and say, hey, Indy, I've always had a lot of respect for the way you guys play. I appreciate the way your fans have treated me whenever I come to Lucas Oil Stadium. I know that your team is one piece away, potentially, from making a Super Bowl. Am I that piece? No, a quarterback is. Justin Houston's a free agent. Go ahead, bring me in there. Let me get alongside DeForest Buckner and the boys. Let's go ahead and run rampant in the AFC South and maybe shove Jack Easterby's head in the sand while we do see dough and God bless him on the way. Why? Or will he go to Tampa? Why? Chase down a ring with Tom Brady. Why? We go to Detroit? Probably not. Yeah, no, he can go there. Uh, no, well, he's a Motor City Dan Campbell guy. He went to Central Michigan University. Hey, he ain't bought a rebuild. No, 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 he's no. a superhero. He could save the city. Yeah, well, he could do that in a lot of other cities as well. If he goes to Pittsburgh, the Watt family, and they win there, the Watts will be welcome anywhere in Pittsburgh forever, which could be a lot of fun. Now, this week has been littered with a lot of – what's that, that picture right there? In the Steelers uniform. Who made that? Wow. We have to give them credit because that took them a very long yeah. time. <laughs> Looks like Tide Digital is in there. Tide Digital? Tide Digital. Tide. Good job. Where's that at? Right Red on shirt. that shirt right there. Oh, wow. Wow. Okay. Shout out to Tide Digital. All right. All right. Oh, thank you, Tide Digital. Thank you, Tide. But if the Watts are all in Pittsburgh and they win, oh, Good night to River City. It'll be called Watt City. They'll have portraits of him on every bridge in town, of which there are many. It's known as the Bridge City. It'll be the Watt City they go in there and Glory Day in the Rivers, TJ and JJ. Oh, and then Derek is the – no, TJ and Derek would be the Monongahela and the Allegheny. They would form to create JJ, which would be the Ohio River. Ooh. Now we're talking about the point becoming the Watt point where all Watts have come together, not for a tag uh, game show on, no. on ABC. Fox. Fox, which was very good. We watched it. It was great. Loved it. Just forgot who it was. But now we're talking about winning a Super Bowl in Pittsburgh. That would be love. Maybe goes back to Green Bay. Maybe goes to Chicago. That is the conversation. Yeah. But today, I wanted us to look into the rumors that were this week in sports. You got to think, first, real off-season week for us. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Super Bowl finish. Mm -hmm. Now, granted, there is a FCS game this weekend. Ooh. McNeese State is playing... Uh, Tarleton State. Bingo. Tarleton State. College football is happening this weekend. Does any of us know why? No. Did any of us know that it was happening? Nope. No. Do we watch tomorrow at 7 o'clock? Maybe. I watched yeah. Trevor Lawrence just throwing shorts mm -hmm. a little bit ago. I was pretty excited. Oh, there you go, Trevor. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, that's a good ball, Trevor. Right, Trevor. Hey, that's a good ball. Was that, was that Dabo's kid that just caught that? Was that Herb Street's kid that just caught that? I assume I'll watch this FCS game this weekend. Maybe this is what all like lower division college football should do instead of xfl being spring football let's go ahead and get fcs in there Ooh. for spring football and let's go ahead and have this whole thing operate aren't several schools having spring football yes. seasons duquesne so, has a five game season starting march 7th i think a lot of the FCC, fcs schools that didn't have a season are uh, playing in the spring because i think harvard too right isn't hard or not harvard the ivy league didn't they say or they, or canceled. they canceled their yeah. season but there was talk of moving everything to the spring and mm -hmm. then the big boys came in the power five were like nah mm -hmm. except nah, for the big play. 10 then they ended up playing anyways, but all of them said, no, we're going to play. I like this if we're going to have football. What if this becomes – now, listen, COVID brought a lot of negativity. Oh, yeah. Okay? A lot of negatives came from COVID. Oh, yeah. A lot more than were reported in New York from what I've been told, but a lot oh. of negatives 
have happened because of COVID. There's going to be a couple things that really transform our world going forward, though, where we'll look back and say, if it wasn't for that some bitch Uncle COVID, we wouldn't be doing this right now. For instance, I believe there's a lot of businesses that are already saying you could just work from home forever. Yeah. The fact that we have this building, not needed. The fact that you had to come in here and sit in these cubicles and hate each other, not needed. If FCS schools in lower division schools play in the spring forever, this is a win out of COVID season, which has been littered with a litany of negativity. They, they are doing... Was that uh, a sentence? That was a lot yes. of oh, yeah. Dominated. Respect. They're doing the uh, basically normal, normal, not a normal, a shortened schedule in the fall, 16-team tournament at the end, oh. May, April 18th and May 15th. Yeah, We're but, back. Yeah, but guys, dude, fan-crazed football. Oh. oh. Who's playing in that? They had a draft. I saw an entire offensive line get drafted. They were called the uh, – I forget what it was. I got tagged in a tweet about it. It was pretty awesome. This just an entire offensive line unit was drafted. So it wasn't like Whoa. you like got to pick. It was a pretty good idea, I guess, to, to kind of handle that thing. But I, I do believe there are a couple of players, obviously, that are going to be good at football in the fan crazy league or whatever. I think if you – the Duquesne Dukes may be going on a run, like a five-week run where they're on TV getting hot. It's yeah, like, yeah. okay, I can kind of get behind the oh, Duquesne yeah. Dukes. Yeah. Right? You know what I mean? I can kind of yeah. do this. This is awesome if this is – I mean, do it too. You don't have to compete against the big schools. There's probably more TV time, more TV money over there. Now, granted, it completely flips the fact that football is a false sport, okay? Yeah. That is, that is Weather-wise. A, that is a, a thing that football is a false sport. But if we don't want to talk about – you know, uh, like the conditions or the environment or these kids potentially having to play in the middle of the summer and everything like that. Like, if we don't think about any of that, we just think strictly from our own benefits. Move it to the spring full Let time. Let play Please. football in the spring. Now, how will they get drafted, though? Because there are some FCS players that get out there who just have to like they get the, drafted in the middle of the season. FCS draft a little bit later. The, uh, oh, so it's like the uh, the whatchamacallit like draft. The supplemental draft there almost. And the supplemental draft is for somebody that fucks up, right? And like normally something happens. Like not with the player, but something happens, whether it's academically yeah. or something else mm-hmm. happens. And they're like, okay, now you get another chance going. Why not have the FCS draft right there? They'll miss all of OTAs and they'll be way behind the eight ball behind that whole thing. But if you are you went to an FCS school anyways, it's gonna be tough to make it. Unless you're a guy like Trey Lance, you know, and they're talking about you maybe being like the fifth pick. You have some of those yeah, guys he still, does, maybe. They are playing an eight-game schedule this this spring. I assume he will not be playing in those games. <laughs> he played one game. He stunk in the fall. Whoa. <laughs> maybe he should play eight games. I didn't watch that game. So <laughs> that was a potentially misinformed statement by me saying he stunk. He Did rushed he? for like 160. He rushed for 160 yeah, yards that game? I don't think he threw the ball that well. But Was he Taysom Hill reincarnated? He yeah, he's a back well. quarterback. Well, that's the NFL is becoming that type of game. Sickle. Has had a lot of success. What's that, uh, Nick? With all this love for the FCS, it sets up nicely for you to welcome Carson Wentz to the city. Five-time <laughs> FCS champion. Good point. Yeah. 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 Oh, wow, I do. Yeah. I love Carson, man. I'm pumped up about it. Now, when he's a New England Patriot, everybody's going to be bummed and say, Bill did it again. Yeah, so, they are. Bill got a great Bull. quarterback, mm-hmm. five-time FCS champion mm-hmm. at his quarterback. He stole him up there, paying him $30 million a year, but he, he got Carson Wentz up to New England. I, I think that's a potential outcome. Yeah, just the hunting isn't up there, you know, and if we've learned anything Are you from kidding me? There's no hunting? What do you guys just fish up there, huh? Oh, we got pheasants, but we don't, and quail, but we don't got mallards, don't you know? I know what a quail is. It's just a fatter pheasant, but, you know, if, if we learned anything, <laughs> <laughs> about players' happiness. Buffoon. People weren't happy. 
in New England. I want Carson to be happy. And the only way that happens, if he's reunited with his reverend. Uh, a lot of people are saying uh, that we need to have more respect for the fan craze football league. Johnny Manziel, he's a quarterback over there. Oh, he's really good. We're pulling for Johnny. Good hey, luck, Johnny. Johnny. did well with the Alouettes. I watched that game. Okay, that was a rough half for him. That was a rough half for him. Rough season, really. Yeah, but he's back. I think this is the best Johnny Manziel I think I've seen mentally in the the podcast and everything that he's done. This Johnny Manziel could have a Mm -hmm. hell of a season there. Richard Sherman has also got a team in that fan craze football league. Mm -hmm. I hope the teams are good. Are they going to be able to keep up with the Duquesne Dukes? <laughs> I'm not 100% no sure. No is that an internet thing? What channel is that on? Uh, I believe it's on Twitch. Twitch but, uh, it's crazy. I actually just read an article in New England. Very good hunting spots, actually. <laughs> yeah, I would assume there's a lot of woods up there. Vermont is probably a rather large. Yeah, a lot of people go there. Massachusetts, though. And if we know anything about Belichick, you know, he's handcuffing you to the organization. What's up there? What's up there, Moose? Uh, there's some moose up there. I don't think moose you're about to hunt in barren Vermont. You yeah. Any elk? Is there elk up there? Rangelies. So here's a quick story. Um, my aunt, and obviously her whole family, uncle, cousins, they live in uh, Essex Junction, Vermont. Okay. I went to some soccer camp up in New England, and for whatever reason, my my parents couldn't get me, so my aunt came over and got me. We I stayed in Vermont for like a week. On the drive through wherever I was, I was a couple states away. So it was uh, now granted, states up there are so goddamn small, really. Yeah. Just get swallowed by us real states out here. But like, well, it just so small, just well, so, so yeah, small. Colonies. Just, you know, well, you guys were so petty back in the day. It was like, oh, fuck you. Massachusetts event in America, please. Congrats. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Should have got a little bit more space, though, if you yeah. should have well, maybe reached out. We're no very nice with our space. We yeah. want to give everybody else a To be honest, space. I think Rhode Island, actually, the most badass group, right? Live for your die. No, New, New Hampshire. Hampshire. New yeah. Hampshire may be my favorite. They're like, hey, you careful. see this little piece of land? You didn't want to give it to us, but fuck you. All right? <laughs> this is what we're doing. No tax. But anyways, as we were driving, and I have a lot of respect for New England, I do think back in the day, though, people should have been a little bit more greedy with their space so that the states, you know, you didn't know. It just quick bounce around there. But I saw, like, bear... I think it moves. I, I had her pull over like three different times. I was like, I've never seen one of those before. Is there any way we could pull over? I'm like 13 or 14 at the time. I bet you there's great hunting up there for Carson Wentz. I bet Carson Wentz would absolutely love going up there and killing a, uh, one of, what are those animals that are uh, super protected? Um, Bald eagle? No, no, no. Like uh, just in general, the title. Endangered. Uh, endangered. I'm oh. sure there's endangered species up there in Vermont and everything that Carson Wentz would love to get his gun on. <laughs> yeah, but there are no John Deere dealerships. So, I mean, what's he going to do? What's he going to drive? You're right. There's no corn to be had either. <laughs> He's not going to be happy. Over All right. There. Let's go through some uh, some of the rumors from this week, including <laughs> Carson Wentz potentially going to New England. Mm-hmm. Congrats yep, to that. Yep. But this week was filled with rumors and bullshit. To be honest, I think that's going to be our whole offseason. And we, it's going to be tough for us to get a lot of things right with the information that we're being flooded but we would like to be on the side that i feel like we treat all these as if they are bullshit but if they are to happen this is how we feel about it so i think we're kind of you can put that up i think we're kind of staying on the fence for a lot of these things but that's because we have no idea what we can believe i think as we continue to go on in this world we realize that a lot of media members are potentially being used as leverage almost like a closed sicilian chess match that's happening amongst all the executives high up leak this information i'm not saying that the insiders are lying at all no way i think they have very high up information i think the information they're being told is what they are being told i don't think they have any but also why is that information getting out 
Who would benefit from that information getting out at most? And this week, there was a bunch of that, including from the man Russell Wilson. Jason LaConfora of CBS? You sounds right. For sure. Yeah, but we don't know if he still is. Can we, can we check? Mm. Because if CBS fired him, I don't want CBS getting credit for True. what Jason LaConfora is doing now. You know, this is revenge body season for Jason LaConfora. Yeah. If he was fired from CBS, he is yeah. CBS. still a CBS. Okay. <laughs> Jason LaConfora of CBS. I thought maybe he started doing his own thing, getting his own scoops. Yeah, and us giving credit to CBS would be rude to Jason LaConfora if that yeah. was the case. People do that to us all the time. I'm like, hey, no big deal, but fucking have a little bit of respect here, please. <laughs> do your research. CBS yeah. is Jason's, Jason LaConfora says he's hearing Russell Wilson's camp has grown increasingly frustrated by the Seahawks' inability to protect the eight-time pro bowler. He has been sacked 394 times in nine seasons. This situation warrants... Serious monitoring. Who told Jason Luck and four of that? Russell Wilson's team. What is their name? Team three. What does team three care about? Number three. Number three now then goes on to Dan Patrick to talk about this thing. And he talks about not only the sack issue, he also talks about, you know, wanting to be involved in team decisions whenever he was talking with Dan Patrick. At the end of the day, it's your legacy, your team's legacy. It helps be involved more. That dialogue should happen more often. And now we got Russell Wilson drum. Is Russell Wilson one out of Seattle? And then the next day it came out, Seattle's not happy. The Seattle Seahawks are not happy with Russell Wilson. So now, out of nowhere, via sources, with Russell Wilson having one interview, an entire narrative got cooked up that he's going to be a free agent or he's going to potentially be on the market, not a free agent, going to be on the market and go somewhere. And to be honest, you have to talk about it whenever both sides are allegedly unhappy. In Houston, Deshaun's unhappy. Jack Easterby and Kyle McNair are heavenly. They are keeping him down there. Mm -hmm. In this particular case, if the Seahawks and Russell Wilson aren't happy, guess what? Is Russell Wilson on the move? Oh, we got to cover that. If he is on the move, that team stinks. Yeah. If that team stinks, is Pete Carroll retiring? Is it a whole new Seattle Seahawks operation? What is DK Metcalf going to do? Him and Russell Wilson are best friends. DK Metcalf, is he on the move as well? Wow. Is DK Metcalf going to end up in Tampa Bay alongside Odell Beckham Jr. Yeah. potentially? <laughs> I mean, that's where all this goes to. But that was just one rumor. There was others. This week. Yeah, yeah. There was numerous others. David Carr, former failed quarterback who works for NFL Network, says that at least four teams have tried to trade for his brother, Derek Carr, and the Raiders have shot it down each time. David doesn't say when the four trade offers came, but did say one of them came during this season, says Ben Volen, Ben Volen, mm-hmm. Ben, we don't know. Nobody knows what his name is. No, Volan. I think you nailed it. Volan? Yeah. Volan. 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 See, tomato, tomato. Yeah, I would yeah, like to have yeah. respect for you that. You should guy. know. He's a senior senior writer at the uh, Boston Globe. Oh, oh wow. Um, we have a Boston guy in the building for this exact reason Damn right now. It. Okay? Yeah. Ben? Volan. You did both yeah. there. You did both there. Yeah. You did both there. Yeah. And that's what it is. Ben Volen, Volen. Thought it was violent. Anyways, he's reporting that David Carr is reporting that Derek Carr, his brother, has had teams reach out to him. So now this is obviously from Carr's camp saying that teams have been interested in Derek Carr because the rumors that the Raiders were going to try to go get Deshaun Watson or Carson Wentz or Russell Wilson or Matthew Stafford or any quarterback that's currently available, that makes Derek Carr look bad. So Derek Carr's people have to come out and make him look at least a little bit appetizing to another team so the other team doesn't think, are we the only team that's 
interested in Derek Carr? No, 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 David says. There's been four other teams that have already done it. Come on in. The water is fine. Even though we're in a desert, Derek Carr can still play in the water if you need him. By the way, Derek Carr might end up in Indianapolis, to be completely transparent, and I would not hate it. I would not absolutely hate it at all. I've seen him play great football. I was actually at the game where the unfortunate accident happened December 24th. I forget the year. He was having an MVP-like season. The Raiders were back. He got tackled, and his leg got twisted like a chicken bone off. Yeah. Everything changed. Mm-hmm. I saw him play great football. I got tackled for a uh, zero-yard gain with a fumble lost in that uh, particular game damn. as well. It's a rough Christmas <laughs> <laughs> for Derek Carr and myself. Much more for him, I guess. But he's potentially on the move. And what are the Raiders going to do? Nobody knows they weren't the only rumors by the way there was plenty more troy aikman went on to a show and said uh i'd be really surprised if he's playing under the franchise tag again this year my guess is if he is that'll be the last we see of dak prescott he's uh, saying as a dallas cowboy uh and then sports day cowboys at dmn underscore cowboys demon cowboys He says the Cowboys must sign Prescott now or risk watching him succeed elsewhere. And that's also David Moore, DMN, saying that. So the thought of Dak Prescott getting franchise tagged again was talked about. Now all of a sudden Troy Aikman's like, I don't think so, because if that happens, then we got nothing. So now Dak Prescott's on the market. Is he going to end up at the Raiders, the Dolphins, any other of these teams? Or is he going to stay at the Cowboys, which everybody assumes? Or is this all just complete bullshit? I believe Troy Aikman, when Troy Aikman talks, I would assume Troy Aikman has very high up uh, uh, sources. Him saying he doesn't believe the franchise tag is going to happen? Okay. So that means... They're probably not going to franchise that. I mean, look for an extendo, probably big deal for Dak Prescott or Dak Prescott being on the open market at this point. I mean, it seems like Dak's going to be pissed if he gets franchised again. He's gone. Yeah, sounds like that's who you Troy You see Aiken. him again down here. Yeah, you ain't going to see him down here. He gets franchise tag. You might see him, you know, 17 games. Yeah. And if Mike McCarthy has a sledgehammer on, maybe a couple playoff games. Mm-hmm. But he gone after that. Don't you worry about that. But I think it's like $37 million if he gets franchised. It is kind of wild that he still has not been paid or anything like that. Yeah. Believe me, same conversation has been happening for what? No, two years. And we're still back in the same spot. After seeing what the Cowboys became after Dak got hurt, you immediately think his value has gone up. But also, that was a gruesome injury. So now I assume a lot of people are thinking, much like what happened with Derek Carr, is he going to be the same player afterwards? I would assume, yes, doctors are great. Rehab uh, techniques are fantastic. I would assume Dak's going to come back and dominate. But if the Dallas Cowboys don't franchise tag him and don't offer him a long-term deal, another team doing so would be considered high risk because he didn't play. But then when he comes in and dominates, that's what Dak was or that's what Troy was talking about. You risk seeing him succeed in a franchise that doesn't let the fans or random people watch every single rep in practice. <laughs> yeah. He's potentially going to go out and win a goddamn game. And that's what Troy Aikman was saying. So sorry to interrupt, but I want to let you know that if you're not gambling with FanDuel, you're wrong. Okay, FanDuel Sportsbook is available in uh, seven states, I believe, at this point. Uh, six, seven, eight. You get it. If you're not gambling with FanDuel Sportsbook, though, you're completely wrong. And if we're not in your state yet, we are coming to your state. We have better odds. We have a much easier to use app. The convenience is next level. The people at FanDuel actually refund people when they shouldn't refund people, giving back hundreds of millions and millions of dollars to their users. FanDuel Sportsbook is the best sportsbook going for a lot of reasons, most of them what I just said. 
Uh, we are very thankful for our partnership with FanDuel, obviously. You know, uh, there was a little bit of a miscommunication last week between myself and FanDuel. We worked that out. That's kind of how things operate whenever you're in a business relationship with each other. But even if we weren't in a business relationship with FanDuel, it'd be hard to say that we wouldn't use the FanDuel Sportsbook app. There are so many different ways to win. There's more things to bet on. Their boosts seem to always hit, which is just fucking themselves over time and time again. Uh, we love the hell out of FanDuel Sportsbook, and you will too. If you haven't used it yet, use it now. Also, there's fantasy on there, daily fantasy, and free-to-play games where you can win money. Shout out to FanDuel. Shout out to you. Let's get back to the show. Joining us now is somebody who dedicated an hour a day most days this past fall to this show and entertaining the people. Ladies and gentlemen, AJ Hawk. Thank you, AJ. Thank you, Jim. How you doing, pal? How you doing, AJ? Uh, JJ Watt is now a free agent. Where do you think he goes? This is a big deal. And should we be thanking Jack Easterby for giving us something to talk about here on Friday, February 12th, AJ? Yeah, I guess we should. But uh, was this really was this shocking news, though? I, I was watching Greeny, like, when he broke in, when he got the news. And he started, like, I'm just... He kept saying, like, I'm just going off the top of my head here. And he was trying to, like, list his accomplishments, and they were talking about it. But I don't know if they, they didn't really act, like, shocked. But it's not like we saw this coming, right? <laughs> he had glasses on. It was very professional, Greeny. Mm-hmm. I, I love Greeny. It was very yeah. professional. Because we saw it. We tweeted it. And then we realized, um, like, the Internet's talking about it for, like, three, four minutes. And by three or four minutes, already top trends, it's already gone. And at that exact moment, Greeny and them are talking about, I forget what it was, but it was, you hear Greeny, basically you see in real time Greeny do what I did this morning. It was like, we have something to talk about. Okay, I am getting in my ear. And then he even said, is this official? Am I, Ali, am I allowed to report this or whatever? Yes, you are. He's like, I am allowed to say J.J. Watt's leaving the Texans. You can almost hear him go, thank God, here we go. We got something to talk about. But you're right. I don't think this was that surprise. We have been talking about J.J. Watt leaving the Texans, what, every other day, basically for the last, it does feel like a month at this point. I'm not 100% sure how long we have been doing it. But anytime the Deshaun Watson news came up, it's like, well, don't forget about Casario and Coach Dave, they also got to cut J.J. Watt. Like, this is going to be uh, a tough thing. It happened a lot earlier, I think, than anybody could have fathomed. It kind of came out of nowhere. But, yeah, I wasn't that surprised, especially with the way the contract is set up for old J.J. Well, it doesn't sound like J.J. kind of spurned this on. He said, I sat down with them, and they, they mutually agreed to part ways. So it, people could have said, well, oh, what if they just asked him to take a pay cut? He, he was going to be $17 million in salary. Well, I'm sure J.J.'s like, why would I take a pay cut to be with a team that – is going to rebuild, is falling apart in shambles as a guy that you and the boys have more material on every single day. And Jack Easterby, you seem to continue to dig up stuff. And it's He's amazing. our savior. He gave us a big thing today, Jack uh, Easterby. He did. And, hey, uh, it, good good for him, I guess. But you had Rappaport, right? What did Rappaport say about the, the situation there in the front office? He said that they see and hear everything that is said about them. So they definitely probably do not have, hold us in high regard, even though I think we have been very respectful to what Jack Easterby has been able to accomplish when he sea walked his way down to Houston where they say, how are you playing football down there? <laughs> I think we've been very respectful in this entire thing. But you say, why would J.J. want to take a pay cut to play in Houston? I mean, Houston and J.J. are a, a thing. They are. I'm, that's, 40 million. That's why. No, but A.J., think about this. 
40 million dollars donated to the city of houston after a flood came through because jj watt got in the forefront of it you've played down there probably against jj i'm not 100 sure he is in every page of the program he is on every commercial video run on the jumbotron turn down for what goes he is one and they have a guy they have a top quarterback in the nfl which you would think you're trying to get to so the fact that jj wanted out of there and not to stay there and restructure there i think that is obviously a massive shot at how he feels about the way the things are are running he didn't say that that's me saying that but today when cal mcnair was asked about the organization cal mcnair goes this ain't about me the lord or the organization this is about our savior for the last 10 years jj watt this ain't about the organization it's like well cal i disagree this is completely about the organization this is why he wants out of town to your point well, I'm sure he's torn. Like, don't you think JJ's sitting here like, man, I have all this like equity built up with all these people. I feel like I'm one of like, he might, he may even live in Houston whenever he's done playing football. You never know. But then he's thinking like, Hey, what brings me here though? What the reason I am in Houston, the number one thing, my job playing football, what I love is who knows, like we don't have a chance. And so he sees that and he sees how many years he has left. Hey, let's go, let's go do a contender. I think he's in a great spot. Let's talk about it real quick here about the current state of the NFL. All right. Deshaun Watson is going to be somebody that's talked about if this is the way the NFL becomes with high super caliber superstar quarterbacks wanting out of there. Russell Wilson is somebody you would never think would ever ask to be traded or moved or anything other than go Hawks. Mm -hmm. Hawks. Matthew Stafford. We thought he was potentially going to die on a football field while wearing a Lions jersey because he would never, ever come out and say, hey, this is not for me anymore, okay? I would like to potentially go on and have success somewhere because when legacies are talked about and Hall of Fames are talked about, I just heard what happened with Phillip Rivers. I would like that not to happen to me, but this is not the type of guy I am at all. Now we got J.J. Watt, not that type of guy at all, by all accounts. He's going in saying, get me out of here. That's when it gets interesting because now it's not – you know, because back in the day, they would move somebody if they were labeled a distraction. Let's get them out of here. Let's go do that. You can go do whatever. Now it's like all the biggest name players that you would never expect. The Walter Payton man of the year, potentially. Yeah. The greatest philanthropic person in the NFL is potentially saying, you know what? I, I need a new, new landscape. I'm intrigued to see how this continues, how each of these situations gets talked about and judged, and how many of them actually happen. Because the Seahawks without Russ stink. The Texans without Deshaun Watson probably going to stink. Now without, without J.J. Watt, not that J.J. Watt's winning them games. Good player, though. I mean, he's a great player. He's going to play well somewhere else while he chases a ring. It's like all these teams are, are potentially at the, the mercy of their big-name players, whether they are perceived as a, a great person or if they're just uh, a, a regular guy who's like, I'm just a professional athlete. Because if you're not trying to win Super Bowls and you're a great player and you're on a team that isn't trying to win Super Bowls, why are you not trying to get the fuck out of there? Because the only thing that matters, okay, you listen to every single coach talk. The only reason why we're here is to win a Super Bowl. That's the only reason why we're here is to win a Super Bowl. The only reason we're here is to win a Super Bowl. And then when you start seeing teams like Tampa, like Kansas City, like Los Angeles, who are going like, hey, we are only in this to win a Super Bowl. And you have some other teams that are like, oh, no, we're getting 16 picks. We'll be, we'll be good like four or five years from now. We'll be a successful organization. It's like successful organizations, cool, but like – 
Everybody agrees the only reason we're playing is to win a Super Bowl. Why am I going to sit on a team that is clearly not doing that when there are teams out there that are clearly going to win Super Bowls right now? It's a tough time, and I think if you're an organization that isn't doing it, you're going to have to either get on board or your fan base is looking at a pretty gloomy next maybe decade or two if this is how everything's going to go. Yeah, imagine, Pat, if you were the owner of the Houston Texans and all of this stuff is happening right now, how would you feel? And if you had awareness like you do, you had self-awareness and you know, like, hey, man, like this thing is falling down. And everyone, the owner can say what he wants to Rappaport and say, like, hey, there's things are being misrepresented, whatever. Well, then, hey, get in front of the camera and represent yourself. Let us know what what the deal is, because I feel like if you're a Houston fan, you got to be pretty upset because I doubt there's anyone out there that blames J.J. Watt for going to the Texans and saying, all right, let's just do this now. Let me go. Well, in the Houston Texans fans, I think with the Deshaun Watson case happening right in front of their eyes and with J.J.'s contract set up, I think they kind of expected it. But what if Houston, I mean, you've got a superstar quarterback. What if that was a place that people wanted to go play? You know, like that could be a place for Deshaun, with Deshaun Watson down there in H-Town, by the way, is respected by everybody. Massive city, great fan base. That could be one of those franchises where people are coming to play. Instead, you're watching your franchise become a place where everybody's like, get me out of here and going somewhere else. That has to be a tough pill to swallow, but they're not the only ones. There's a lot of those in the NFL right now. There, there's a lot of that. And I would assume that all these owners that are potential, like Cal McNair and Jack Easterby, you know, the tag team ownership group down there in Houston, I assume at some point they're going to voice their frustrations and the players having much more control in the who succeeds and who doesn't. And the NFL will have to handle that. But if you're a Texans fan, it's just like, one bad thing after another. Let's just get to maybe 2022 already. Let's yeah. just let's get through this season and see how this whole thing pans out. And they don't deserve it. That's a great fan base down there that does not get talked about. Loudest stadium I played in. So I absolutely love that place down there. And it seems like it is problematic. Yeah, it's not a, not a good place to be right now. But um, it, when you saw you were mentioning Matt Stafford and Patricia and everything, and it got me thinking. Obviously, you know, we all know that. What Matt Stafford allegedly the one place he didn't want to go was New England. We know Patricia's on staff. Did you see that there? That there were some comments a couple of days ago from their new DC Aaron Glenn. He said, "Yeah, when I watch the tape, I just see a bunch of guys on defense, very confused and not knowing what they're doing." And so he's like, and then they're like, "Oh, and Dan Campbell agreed that I think he said like me and Coach Campbell were watching the film. And we say like people are confused, they don't know what they're doing, and we're going to simplify and let them play fast." I'm like, "Geez, you guys are just well, piling on." Well, and that's, I mean, that is a burial of Matt Patricia, especially greatest fourth quarter coach of all oh, time, potentially right. defensive oh, yeah. guru, friend of the show, Matt Patricia. But that's why Kassiriani, whenever he got to Philly, he said, less thinky, more athlete take over. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And that's kind of what the Lions are saying as well with the patella eating uh, mindset that they have <laughs> yeah. in that building. Less thinky, more dewy. That <laughs> kind of just got washed under the rug, oh, by yeah. the way, because mm-hmm. so many other things were, were happening. That was a god-awful open and press conference. Man. If you're an Eagles oh. fan, that's another franchise just like the Houston Texans are like, People should, you know, we just won Super Bowl a couple of years. You would think that this would be a place. We'd be, and instead, it's like less thinky, more, 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 more do, 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 dewy. That's what we're gonna do, do. And it's like, God damn, the guy only has to talk. Like that's a big part of the job. Yeah. And this is the leadoff we get. It's all right. He's a paisan. He'll turn it around. Yeah. <laughs> Frank Reich and him. Uh, uh, you know, same pool, baptized. Yeah, sure. like, what's going on, Nick? I love when people say, too, like people trying to – well, they didn't hire him to speak. They hired him to coach the football team. Yeah, which is good because they say a lot of coaching is just nonverbal. Yeah, don't talk. You know I mean? 
Yeah. All the best ones. All, all the best ones don't speak. Yeah, they're known as being terrible communicators. Mm-hmm. That is what that's what the mm-hmm. best coach is. Lombardi, that fucker didn't talk at all. Belichick, you see him? He doesn't speak nope. at all. Dude, you know? Just gotta coach football. You don't have to speak, dude. Shut up and coach. <laughs> Shut up and coach. Hey, but don't you think it gives people hope where like if they do have something that kind of goes viral? Like you saw how quickly this has gone away. Maybe in Philly there's some people still rolling with it but it's like here oh yeah man this is crazy i can't believe it happened oh on to the next yeah the texans have maintained (laughs) and that's because they have a superstar in the middle of all theirs and that's jack easterby (laughs) yeah you know a man who is you know worked through a couple sets he's gotten to where he's at right now gotten some real power control really shaking things up just hired a mini me for being director of Mm -hmm. uh communication with the lord or whatever in dylan thompson i mean we got the houston texans remaining in the conversation of like, oh, dumpster fires is strictly because of Jack Easterby's incredible American dream story that he has in his rise from talking to God and talking to people to talking to God, talking to the owner of the Texans, becoming owner of Texans. And that has happened in a very quick time. And no, because this is an American dream story that we will talk about for time to come. But that is why that is maintained up there. But the Eagles, the Carson Wentz thing will pop up and nobody buries the Eagles anymore, by the way. Mm-mm. Everybody just attacks the Colts. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, the Colts are going to take them on. Frank Wright's going to do CPR. Not even talking about how they drafted a guy that they allegedly didn't want, Doug Peterson wanted. Then they, I mean, it's just... That place is a full nightmare. You're right. We should maybe we should maybe still keep some in the chamber for that Eagles organization. But Eagles organization with Jalen Hurts, they might become a legit squad. Right. They, they go full focus. They hire a quarterback coach that Jalen's known since he was 13 yep. years old. And mm-hmm. now nobody knows why why Carson wants out of town or whatever. And then What's going on? he's going to India, I guess, allegedly, or maybe the Raiders or mm-hmm. maybe somewhere else. It's just it's insanity right now with all the bullshit that's out there. Yeah, we'll get to see it play out over the next month or two, but do you think we'll get, uh, like, let's say the, the Houston Texans next year? Some something happens and they start out like four and zero. Do we see? Are you going to have Easterby and Cal McNair holding press conferences weekly then if they they start out that fast? Jack Easterby for sure will yeah. be talking. <laughs> yeah, is that the only way we get to hear him speak again? Is if I, they just have a you know they're I, all of a sudden they go ten and seven next year with that seventeen game schedule? I, I I told him in the prayer the other night. Hey, what I say? You heard me say. <laughs> <laughs> you can laugh at your hands. Your hands are amazing, dirty. The belt buckle. That's because he said that uh, whenever he was, when he was giving a sermon about, you know, the people he encounters because he was with the Patriots, he was like, you know, we go, <laughs> I can't, I can't do it, dude. The guy's unbelievable. The guy's unbelievable. You go out to Cali and they're like, yeah, bro, this is up. I'm like, right, what's going on? Just trying to win a game. You know, you got <laughs> go down to Houston, they got them big belt buckles, you know, and they do that. I didn't go to New York and they're a little bit rude. We go to New England. How wicked. Yeah, that guy. I don't know how he got to where he is, okay? I have no idea. But this is a story I would like to hear the behind the scenes of more often, okay? Because how did he do it? This is the NFL. This is the biggest league. This is billions of dollars coming in every single year to this league. And this guy, Chaplin Crip walked his ass <laughs> straight up to the top. It's unbelievable. It, it is. Did he play football? Nobody knows. Did he scout football? Nobody knows. Literally the only reason... Why he's there is because his direct relationship with the Lord and Savior, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. I mean, it is unbelievable. We need to respect the good story that is happening right in front of us. And it sucks for the Houston Texans organization and the players down there and everybody that's trying to turn it around. 
But this is unbelievable. This will not. This will be a story that'll be tough to believe later in life. Whenever I tell it to my grandkids about the man who was preaching a good word, and then he he runs a franchise right into the ground. Mm-hmm. But then, just like Jesus went into the cave, oh. he came right back out, and they build that thing all the way up. I'm excited to see how this whole thing plays out with that guy. Uh, you know what? I, I'd like to see their Easterby went through like what, maybe four or five NFL cities. I was hoping you were going to hit every NFL city with an Easter bee. He only like did four. Yeah. Could bring out. I, I'm literally just doing the exact video that I watched. I, I mean, oh really? Oh yeah. Oh, that was AJ. I legit thought that was you just just riffing like uh, Greeny was earlier today when he got the info. Now I have a little journalistic integrity. Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not going to paint this man in a bad light. I'm going to just observe and report. I am just observing and it, this one was a different service than the one fish, two fish, red fish, blue fish. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I laugh at that all the time. And it was also different than the Crip Walk yep. on yep. top of the water one. I've seen three different services thus far looking for more, mm-hmm. looking for more. They get tweeted to me all the time, though. I mean, now any Jack Easterby thing that has ever happened, I, I'm, I get tweeted them on a regular basis. And Ian Rappaport said that he feels like Cal McNair and Easterby have read everything that has been out there and seen everything out there. I wonder if Jack's like pretty good impression of me. <laughs> that is what I said. <laughs> that is exactly what I said. That is exactly how it went. That team, what if they stink for the next 15 years? That That is very possible. It seems like it is just a, a culture that doesn't exist. Everybody wants out. Now they're going to completely have to rebuild, obviously. If they get rid of Deshaun, they'll have a lot of picks to do so. But what if they miss? Like, that happens. Teams miss in the rebuilding process, and it just remains forever. Like, for instance, like, 40 years or so in Detroit. I mean, it just it becomes something. That, the Browns, for a long time, yeah. it just becomes something. And I think that's what the Texans fans realize. It's like, yo, we got a guy. We got two guys. And now that everybody wants out of here. What the hell is going on out here? Well, Cal McNair, so the, in that one Sports Illustrated story, I believe they said allegedly they call him Tommy Boy. So he is carrying on the, the Texans tradition, right, for his dad who brought the oh, franchise there, right? Okay. I make American – what is it? I make car parts for the American working man because that's who I am and that's who I care about. That guy had a much better sales pitch than Tommy Boy. But <laughs> you cannot, you cannot not appreciate just the pure passion that Tommy had for Callahan. Yeah, Callahan Auto. Callahan Auto. Oh yeah. I mean that Sold half a million brake pads. You're goddamn right. Needed to too. I mean. I just saw him as a ninja the other night, too. Beverly Hills Ninja oh, was yeah. such a good movie. Oh, classic. Him on the fucking <laughs> the tree. Whenever he's, like, staking out the place or whatever, and he, his fucking uh, his gi or whatever the hell it is gets mm-hmm. stuck, and he's just going across as the uh, on the garage is the whole thing, and he's just sitting there. Like, we miss I, – we – I mean, I wish – I wish we had some more years with that guy. Oh, yeah. Farley. Yeah. Him and Sandler together. Oh. Oh. We miss you, Farley. We do. Amazing I watched Christ. that. Hey, we, we do, Z. Last night, I, we were we watched. We were like, oh, hey, let's watch a movie tonight with my kids. And we went through Netflix, and I legit picked Beverly Hills Ninja. My kids were my, jumping up wrestling because they were just loving his movements. Like, if there's anything that kids will love, it's Chris Farley. That translates pretty easy to them. Bro, he's a great athlete, too. Yeah. His entrance into Letterman, oh, you know, man. where he does a full cartwheel, cartwheel on the stage yeah. and picks the person up. Ah! Throws, throws him in, in a dumpster. dumpster. <laughs> him going through the table. I mean, that's an absolute legend. Can't thank enough for choosing to listen to this show. I know there's a lot of different options of things that you can allow penetrate your ear holes. The fact you allow us to do so, I am eternally grateful for. Big thanks to all the boys 
for the week that was, their significant others, all the guests, all of you. Another week down, we'll be back on Monday. Will we be overreacting? Maybe, depending upon what happens this weekend. Might be an overreaction Monday. Might be just a fun day Monday. Ooh, there we go. Be a friend, tell a friend. Have an incredible weekend. Ty, please play some independent music and propel these people into the greatest off-season weekend they're about to have in their entire lives. By the way, by the way, Ty, before you do that. Nice.